Wisecracking reporter Carl Kolchak is tasked with investigating a string of gruesome murders in Las Vegas. It seems that each victim has been bitten in the neck and drained of all their blood. Kolchak is sure that it's a vampire. He's hot on the trail, but nobody believes him. His editor thinks he's nuts. The police think he's a hindrance to the investigation. He's left with no choice but to take matters into his own hands. This week on the Made for TV podcast, it's The Night Stalker. And now, your screams, your presentation. <laughs> so there was this squire, right? Mm-hmm. He and his, yeah, he and his nobleman enter a castle to speak with the king. Mm-hmm. The nobleman was the nobleman was a tall and handsome guy, but you couldn't see his face because he was completely gowned in very shiny armor, including a helmet with a face mask. So they walk up to the king, um, who is sitting very stately on his throne. They bow, and the squire promptly begins speaking. Your Majesty, I have traveled over the mountains, through the forest. And over the sea to be here. I come to join your allegiance, and I humbly provide myself to your services. The king looks at the squire, and then looks at the man clad in armor, and peers forward. Young man, he says, young man, is it you that requests this? Or is this man clasped in this very fine armor requesting this? It is this man, sir, he responds. He is Sir Knightsalot. And he has come to enter your service. At this point, the king is very confused as to why the knight hasn't said a word yet, but is impressed with the young man's composure and ability to speak. Okay. And who then are you, young man? Well, your majesty, the squire says, I am the knight's talker. Yep. 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 I knew it was going there. I true story. Saw it a mile away where it was going. Mostly because so Kyle, that was great. That was wonderful. Cold (laughs) open. I can't wait for that to be the preview that I post on Twitter. Stupidest idea I had earlier. I can't. Yeah, I was like, "There's no way this could be a." Oh, you know what's great? (laughs) That when I, I I made you make the game or whatever at the end of this episode, but my first idea I had was like, I wonder if there's enough movies where knights give speeches and I could call it the Knights Talkers. So So you absolutely did. I knew exactly where it was going. It's better than what I was I was gonna go. Because it's a vampire movie, I was just going to go, I want to pod your cast. Good. Yes, I want to pod your cast. (laughs) Equally great. Equal amounts of work. (laughs) That is what what happens when I don't have a patient show up for their appointment. That that is what happens. People (laughs) get sick and stay sick so we don't hear more of this is what I'm saying. All right? Stop Um, wearing masks. We need to keep Kyle busy. Keep That's me busy, please. Yeah. Bring bring me all the COVID. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> uh, welcome everybody to the Made for TV podcast. This is a show dedicated to celebrating and exploring the unique world of movies made exclusively for the small screen. My name is Kyle. And my name is Scott. And this is our special Halloween mini-series on 70s made for TV horror movies. And apparently... 
ones that specifically that aired on ABC. Yes. And ones that were written by <laughs> Richard Matheson, we realize. They're all, it's all written, well, all but one, right? All but all, our final one, which is also the one that isn't technically a made for TV movie. And even the oh. version that we're doing, that we're cheating by saying, aired in 1980. So also not a <laughs> 70s made for TV movie. But whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Yes. So this is woo week two. Week two. And tomorrow is actually in real life. Uh, officially October. I know Hell when you're listening yeah. to this, it's the middle of October, but uh, today's the last day of September. the ruse. The, what a sham this podcast <laughs> yes. is, Kyle. I only uh, get into podcasts if I feel like they're actually talking to me live when I mm-hmm. press play. Hey, make careful. You missed your turn. So yeah. Now it's like I'm in the car with yes. you. You know what would be fun to do uh, on a podcast? This occurs to me. I listen a lot while I'm driving to podcasts. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun to get the audio of like a GPS and just like put a random like turn left here. You know, because that way someone might think, oh, my GPS is yes, coming exactly. in to tell me to turn if I'm on a road trip. We could really throw them off off path. Really That'd be good. Or you could just do this stupid, annoying thing that songs do and put like a police siren oh, or ugh. in the in the song. I and so you that. like, yeah, and it. Yeah, because like, I listen to that a radio a lot mm-hmm. when I drive. Um, you listen to the film radio is what yes. you mean. Starting yeah, over and over again. Junior. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, the director's cut at least, so it's more of a commentary. Uh-huh. Over and over again. Um, yeah, it takes me a couple times to listen to a song and know that it's a true like radio sound because yeah, yeah it's it should annoying. be illegal to put police sirens in a song. I think. Yeah, honestly, uh, or at the very least, it should be illegal to broadcast police sirens on the radio in a song. Like, yeah, yeah, they could yeah, put out a different version. Yeah. You know, they put out clean versions. Just do exactly. a clean, clean, non-siren version. Yeah. You already have no integrity, artists, if you're putting out clean versions. So why not do a yeah. non-siren version? <laughs> yes. I do think, I always think about that when I'm listening to like a punk rock supposed song. And there's like swearing that gets cut out or censored, you know, or a different version is recorded. And it's like... You're just immediately not like anti-establishment or cool or hardcore the moment that you're like, well, we won't be able to play on the radio if we don't censor our art form. Because they're like, yeah, Yeah. hate the government, hate policing, (laughs) that, you know? It's 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 like you're listening to Rage Against the Machine. It's like, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. But the radio version... I won't do what you tell me. I won't. <laughs> yeah. do- well, all right. Well, you did do what somebody told you. So I well, don't know. Kind are of you? Who are your you? Message. Who is this? <laughs> Kyle, how's it going? How's your week? It's Welcome great. Back. My family. My family's sick. You sound crystal oh. clear and crisp this week. Oh, yeah. My wow. my throat was bad for the past couple weeks. So yeah, it's, it yeah. sounded like there was a microphone across the room yeah, you were on bed up. rest because you were sick so you could <laughs> carry the was shouting number. from my bedroom next door <laughs> and it was echoing across the in my house exactly uh, well it's great to have you back in front of a camera you know right up on that mic it's, it's wonderful yeah <laughs> Oh, you were saying that that I actually don't know what you were saying before I cut you off. Oh, I asked how your uh, week was. my family's sick. Hand, oh. foot, and mouth disease, my friend. Ooh. It's not I fun. actually, I was just talking about that 
because it's going around. Um, and our speech therapist thought maybe Dot had it because she's got some like marks on her fingers. I don't actually know what hand, foot, and mouth disease entails, but Dot's got these marks on her fingers because she tried to touch the stove burner and burned her fingers. Oh, uh, the yeah. classic. Classic yep. so tried to touch the three stove. Three big old blisters on her fingers that popped. That almost happened to Cammy a couple weeks ago. I was... Mm-hmm. Um, I was putting something in the oven, but I preheated it wrong because I automatically just preheat the oven to 425, which Obviously, is what you you're cook, making a Jack's cook a Jack's pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of so I got it wrong and it needed to be like 350 for whatever that I was cooking at the time. So mm-hmm. I had the oven open to let some heat out and I was turning it down and I hear below me, Cammy, who's a year and a half, go, hot 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 and she's throwing herself into the like side of the oven like i'm so glad she was like between my legs and not like on the other side because i sweeped her up as fast as i could and she like screamed and was crying and i was like trying to figure out is she crying screaming crying because i freaked out or because she's like toasted on her arm and she was completely fine i got there like somehow right before but it looked like she had just like thrown her hands into this oven and so not so that stinks for dot but yeah that's a lesson she'll never forget right absolutely she just kept blowing on her fingers for like an hour trying she just kept being blow hot help me i was like i can't do anything you just going to be hot they're just going to hurt that's just hard to explain mm-hmm. that to a to a child that you know there's no way for me to magically make your fingers stop hurting right now yeah oh yeah. i used to i burnt my finger really bad on a cigarette lighter in the car mm-hmm. in the bonneville actually class when i was young and uh, we were going to Pizza Hut, and I didn't want my mom to know because she told me not to mess with that, right? <laughs> well, it was my thumb, and it was brown, like brown thumb from burnt. So I kept putting my finger into the Pizza Hut cups, you know, those like brown oh, yeah. cups that are, are red, reddish brown, red, whatever. Red, classic red, red yeah. plastic cups that they had at the. I kept dipping my yeah. finger into it there, and she was like, Why are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know. It's fun. I got in big trouble. So, rightfully so. Rightfully so, Kyle. But, you know, it all worked out. Now you've got one and a half working thumbs. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They had to amputate. Just, you know. you can do do you have any burn stories? This is a burn story podcast. We're doing burn uh, stories? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> I burn you pretty often. I'll tell you that it's much. true. Um, yeah. No, I think I've I started have... a war, wear sunblock before I come on this podcast. <laughs> Perfect. To help. I've got, uh, I think the only like scars I have from burns is I've got one on my knuckles from trying to pull a pizza out of the oven when I was like 10 at my dad's house and slamming the top of my hand against the roof of the oven when I was doing it. Uh, other than that, I haven't, I've been fortunate to not have many burns in my life, which is kind of surprising because I worked at a wood fire oven for you know, years working that like thousand degree oven on uh, a thousand oh, degree, 800 degrees, 800 degrees. That's the minimum. But mm. uh, once you're working on a Saturday night and you get that baby scorching, cooking those pizzas in two minutes, you know, you gotta, you gotta really get it up there. Um, I think the worst burn I have ever gotten isn't like a heat burn, but like a friction burn. Oh, I was uh, like a rug burn. Sort of. Um, I was at uh, 
someone who was at our reunion that we talked about last mm. week, Nick Ferguson. Good. Uh, I was at his house when we were kids in his basement. They had a treadmill and I turned it up to max speed running on it <laughs> and tripped and it was right against the wall. So I fell and was just stuck next to it for like <laughs> a couple seconds at least before he could turn it off. And I just remember like the side of my arm was pressed against it and it was just like rubbed like smooth. It felt yeah. so weird and hurt so much. Like I could see that being like a final destination death or something. <laughs> like somebody just getting stuck between the wall and a treadmill and it just ripping their like yeah chest i could open. see like jigsaw setting up a very elaborate contraption where your tongue is connected to it and if you don't if you stop running you'll rip yeah. your tongue out you know like, yeah stop running from your lies captain it's whatever <laughs> bullshit he says <laughs> Ugh, the saw movies are so gross um oh, yeah oh, yeah i like them. we're gonna talk about we were talking about your week. Oh, what the fuck is hand, foot, and mouth or whatever? Oh, yeah. It's caused by... There's a couple of viruses that cause them. Most commonly is a Coxsackie virus. That's the name of the virus. Coxsackie virus. That's <laughs> such um, a funny name. Why is it funny? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if you get the Coxsackie... really can't handle that You name. can't handle the Coxsackie virus. I'm just picturing like... Well, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I know, but I'm picturing a ball sack that's like in the middle of someone's dick, though. <laughs> like, a it's like just like a double chin on your penis is what I'm picturing for a cock sack. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's what the virus is shaped like. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's what yes. the viral protein looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can affect kids and adults. You mostly see, for whatever reason, the kids will get lesions in their mouth. To most commonly or classically, it's on the roof of their mouth. So if you have Dot open her mouth and look in there, you can usually see some vesicles in there. And then they'll get vesicles on their fingers, their hands, and their feet. And they can also get more rash in a lot of other places, or they really don't have much at all. And so... Right now, I feel fine, but Carrie got hit with it. And with adults, you can get you can get it, and you can feel um, like you can just have a fever. You don't the rash isn't as common, but you still can get all that stuff. So, yeah, it's really going around, really going around the hand, foot, and mouth, and it's and it's one of these things that doesn't really cause any long term issues. It's it just causes a fever and makes you feel like crap. It's like just a bad cold with a mm-hmm. rash, but. You can spread it before you have symptoms. You can spread it when you have symptoms and you can spread it after you have symptoms. So, so it's just one of those, it's just out there and you Uh, have it. And what do you think of this, Kyle? You have hand, foot and mouth disease right now. Last week at our, when we were talking about our reunion, I had foot in mouth disease because I was so awkward. (laughs) There it is. Yeah. Bringing sure. it all back around. <laughs> um, well, I'm sorry that you guys are all sick. Uh, maybe you should stop rubbing your sores against each other or whatever is going on at that yeah. house. That you're- <laughs> Just sticking our hands and feet in each other's mouths. <laughs> um, what, what is this? So it's a week. It's a new week. I, I'm going to talk about my week. I don't think oh, yeah. I have anything interesting. I don't think there's any new events here other than Dot's Burn. I did see 
I just got back from the theater a couple hours ago Ooh. early. Went and saw Venom. Let there be carnage. Oh, you invited me to come to this. Yeah, I but said, I said that I can't see the second movie without seeing the first one because I assume fair. this is like a Lord of the Rings style thing. Like you can't watch Two Towers without seeing Fellowship of the Ring, and I don't want to ruin this classic movie series. Yeah, it's every bit as good as Lord of the Rings. I would say <laughs> I expect the Venom trilogy to be added to the AFI 100 list for sure. Return of the Sting, maybe? Would that be a Venom thing? I don't know. I don't know, maybe. Uh, I, I got no, I got no, I have no Venom-related puns, no symbiote-related puns. Uh, no, it sucked shit. It was a terrible movie. It was the second worst movie I've seen in theaters this year, I would I say. I really like Woody Harrelson, but when I saw him as, oh. as Carnage, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work or not. I think and Woody... So could be good he's not in this movie uh in the version we got he's not good at all it's very poorly directed it's directed by andy circus who is in lord of the rings hey look at that he plays go oh, he oh, that. directs movies he's directed a few none that are particularly good he did you know how there was the jungle book the john favreau one yeah you know how Netflix then had the movie Mowgli? Yes, Mowgli. He directed that. He directed ah, Mowgli. So, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Not not a good movie. Short though, only ninety minutes. Don't recommend it. Um, can I can I talk about spoilers? The movie will be two weeks old by the time. Just blow. Just yeah. Give us some spoilers, Let's spoil man. Spoil it. It is. It does in fact end with Tom Hardy and Venom being somehow sucked into the MCU universe at the end. They are in a hotel room, laying in bed together, and the room just kind of warps around them, and they're in a new hotel room, and Tom Holland is on the TV, and then they lick the screen, and then that's that's how the movie ends. That's good. Get more Tom Holland. Yeah. You know, maybe with Venom, and Uh, I like Tom Hardy. Maybe it would be better. It does give me a hope that now, if they're part of the MCU... Then Kevin Feige's iron fist of control, which yeah. can be a hindrance. <laughs> it kind of forces most MCU movies don't rise above like a six or a seven out of 10. Right. But, yeah. you know, you're at least getting a six or a seven out of 10 and a whole bucket load of cash. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of money. Yeah. So at least if Kevin Feige's in control of Venom, the next movie or his appearance in the MCU can't be complete useless dog shit like the movie I saw <laughs> earlier today. So yes. that's good news. That's what people are here for is our MCU takes. We are we were talking about a Marvel miniseries, Kyle. I did text you. Yes, I am excited <laughs> for whenever that miniseries happens. I am so down for it. We should do it in... Hmm. Because what you texted me was the like four original yeah. like one of them was like the hulk yes one of them was a doctor strange a doctor strange i didn't know that existed like that's i cool. did not either um i was just i knew about a couple of them and i was like i wonder how many made for tv marvel movies there were in the past so i started oh. doing some digging um we got captain america and uh spider-man some of them are like tv pilots that didn't get picked up or like extended finales for TV shows and stuff, but I think that'll be good to cover. If anything, what? Let's see. The ooh, 
We should do it May of next year, Kyle. Okay. Because I think that's the 10-year anniversary of the Avengers coming out, the first Avengers movie. Oh, cool. I think, I think that came out, yeah, it came out 2012, May, I want to say May, around May 4th. I remember specifically because I had a final that day that I yeah. rushed to finish the final so I could drive back home in time to catch the earliest I'm trying to remember available if I remember seeing the first Avengers my first time seeing it. I don't know if I remember my first time seeing it because I ended up seeing it in four different ways before it came <laughs> to streaming. And one of them was on like an airplane. Like I okay. like that's the one I remember the most about seeing the first Avengers oh. was watching it on an airplane. So what a great way to watch that movie! <laughs> it it was because I loved it. At, I yeah, mean, it's a, I love that movie. movie. That's that's my easily still my favorite Avengers movie is the first yes. one. Um, yeah, I saw that one five times in theaters. I think uh, I yeah. really I saw it multiple it. times. It was great. It's my what's your what movie do you think you've seen the most in theaters? Just a little in theaters? Thing. Yeah. Normally, um, we would never talk about theaters. Oh, here, yeah. Ugh. Theaters? Specific what? little side What in the world? What the? Ew. Gross. Uh, probably, I'm going to say it's either of, it's either Avengers or um, Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. Because Force Awakens, I went and saw by myself one day, which is the only time I've been to the theater by myself is for Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. The other one that I'm feeling like maybe I saw it multiple times was like one of the last Harry Potters because I kept seeing it with like my parents mm -hmm. or like, you know, like <laughs> it was like my people, people wanted to see it. So I was just like, I'm going and yeah. then we would just go see it. So I don't know the true answer. I think it's Force Awakens, though. Mine is definitely Force Awakens. Yeah, I, I saw know that. yours is Force yeah. Awakens. I, I saw it so many <laughs> fucking times in theaters. Uh, and now you're just a Star Wars... Yeah. I don't know. Hey, I, I don't know. What What are you, a Star Wars... Just a depressed... Depressed Star Wars fan. fan. Yeah, yeah, I don't like... I, I mean, I recently was re-watching a lot of Star Wars stuff. I re-watched... Um, all of the well, I rewatched Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and I made it like twenty minutes into The Rise of Skywalker before I couldn't handle it anymore because uh, it sucks so hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that movie so much. I don't love watching it now because I know it doesn't amount to much in the long run. But I I have been rewatching it with Doc. It's got the really Game of Thrones it. syndrome. It going does. For it. Yeah, the, the Game of Thrones is. Possibly even worse, though. That one's impossible to go back and rewatch. For me. Game of Thrones is just so unsatisfying when you realize like nothing is gonna come back. Yeah, you know, because that whole it's like years of setup that you're waiting to build up to this one thing. You know, like winter is coming. Oh, yeah. it was one day, <laughs> one episode. Here's your winter is coming episode. Nobody died. We're all good. Moving on. <laughs> oh man. Ugh. I, it's, I love, there's nothing that has, really, the last decade was like a great decade for extreme buildups that immediately lost all of their, like, cultural impact Relevance. with yeah, their in, yeah. finales. <laughs> the Game of no. Thrones and Star Wars both, like, not Star Wars specifically because it's kind of picked itself back up with the TV shows that people like, mm -hmm. like The Mandalorian, but oh, yeah. the sequel trilogy, at least, it was like, felt to me... 
I guess as a loser who saw The Force Awakens like 10 times in theaters, like, this is the biggest thing in the world. And now it's like, nobody ever talks nobody about Nobody cares. It movies. fell flat on its face. <laughs> yeah. And nobody cares because all the whole fan base is just disappointed. It's, yeah, it, it, it sucks. It's, depre- it's depressing. It's sad. It is. Oh, well. And, yeah, I, I have a little bit of hope that the... That the prequel, the yeah, New Hope. I have a new hope that the like prequel Game of Thrones stuff will still be good, um, because I'm like want it to be good, um, and I'm a big fan of the Mandalorian, which I feel like has breathed life into Star Wars after Mm -hmm. the stuff. I know you don't really care for it that much, but I have the same hope that the Mandalorian has given me for the Game of Thrones prequels. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I like the Mandalorian in theory. I'm happy that it exists and it's not terrible. I just am not like it felt a little nineties monster of the week type whatever show at first. I don't like sure. a lot of Star Wars stuff that feels like it relies too heavily on iconography from the original uh movies. And I remember specifically being turned off by the Mandalorian immediately when he was like doing the carbonite freezing tech to like capture people mm-hmm. because that's the sort of thing that it's like, that was just a random thing. They improvised in empire strikes back. It's not like a thing that they do regularly. They tested it on Han <laughs> just to make sure he wouldn't die. Cause they'd never yeah. done it before. They thought no one had ever die. thought yeah. to do it. And now it's like a thing that's just built into this guy's ship. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it's like, Three years later, and it's in the guy's ship. What the fuck's happening? True. Whatever. I don't like things like that in Star Wars that feel like yeah. they're. And there's the, not a whole lot of characters, like character development arc stories in The Mandalorian, really. Yeah. It's I'm mostly, sure it's great if you keep yeah. watching it. I did not. I only watched like four episodes, and I was like, I get it. This is fun. And I, and I, I will welcome a new Star Wars thing that feels completely divorced from like original trilogy stuff i also struggle with the mandalorian because it's like in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy you know the timeline is screwed up all over the place i want something that's like all the trilogies i want something that's like a thousand years in the past or a thousand years in the future you know i want something that's just not going to even overlap at all with what is going i would have loved it if ryan johnson would have gotten to make he was going to make his own trilogy that was like yeah, I would Not love related. a now Ryan Johnson trilogy. Now I think he just it was, lives in yeah. fucking Knives Outland. He's making like four of those for Netflix or whatever. Really? He's. I think he's making. <laughs> I know he had making, another one. He's making two or three for Netflix. He has like a deal okay. for like. I love Knives Out. So he's got like an eight hundred million dollar deal to make like two or three movies for them or something crazy Wonderful. like that. So I they mean, need I'm a boost too. in their movies. Their movies are not. Oh yeah, they great. turn out a lot of turds. They do. They just. <laughs> It's like we should cover them. them all. We should cover uh, every oh, Netflix no. movie, Kyle. <laughs> Please, no. They're made for TV. Let's talk He's All That. He's All That. It's a piece of shit. Don't watch it. I watched it like <laughs> I couldn't sleep at like one in the morning. I watched He's All That. <laughs> all all right. right. <laughs> Whew. You know, it's not a piece of shit, though, Kyle. This the movie. Night Stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Have we talked enough Star? Have we talked our prerequisite so. about Star Wars? I, we've we've hit some good topics here. Uh, I think should we just? I mean, we don't have history with this movie, right? No, we weren't we weren't alive in 1972. No, it was not alive. I don't know if the character of Kolchak existed before the movie. 
I certainly haven't read any media or watched anything of him, so definitely no history to report. <laughs> All right. So let's just, should we just pop it in then? Pop it in. Flip to ABC. Click, 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 click. Channel 21, if I'm not on cable. Is it still 21? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 21's ABC. Nice. I know that because Bachelor every Monday. Well, actually, Tuesday right now. Oh. Bachelor <laughs> in Paradise. So it's good. It's not good. The last, this last week and this next week are both three hour episodes, which <sighs> is completely unnecessary. That is There's nothing that happens in this show. Three right hours now. is like the runtime of Avengers Endgame. Like, I don't, yeah, so I don't long. understand why they're three hour episodes <laughs> when nothing happens. There's like two things that happen the whole episode, and it's just they didn't have anything else to put in the block, I guess. <laughs> so they just wanted this is this is this gets this many viewers. If we have a three hour episode, we get this many more advertise like advertisement yep. slots, whatever, and so. That's we're um, we're not talking anymore about. We're not. No more tangents. The movie's popped in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It opens right up, Kyle. There was no fuss, no muss with this one. No fuss. Uh, I well, we both started this one. I think watching the. This was available on YouTube, and the most popular YouTube video when you search for the Night Stalker is in about. 100p? Maybe. It was 240p. <laughs> 100p is way low. 240p <laughs> is way high. It's so... You can't make out a single detail on the screen. I couldn't believe it. I immediately, like I saw that, went to the cogwheel to change it to yeah. higher quality, and it was 240p was the highest. I said, no, absolutely not. So I kept searching, and we both found... We yes. both did that exact same thing and found a 1080p version. So Because I knew... Uh, I was looking it up when I saw how bad it was. I was trying to find some place I could rent it. It did not exist, but I saw on Amazon a Blu-ray exists. So I was like, somebody has to have ripped this in higher quality. I yeah, yeah I was looking on illegal websites until I eventually just typed in Night Stalker HD and found another the YouTube video that we both found that was Good. much yeah. better quality. Thanks. So like if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you want to watch a great movie honestly mm -hmm. like this is a great movie and you want to yeah. see the i mean the kolchek is the dad from christmas story yes he is Kyle. which <laughs> i am ashamed i didn't i like sort of recognized him throughout the throughout the movie because christmas story is one that i didn't really grow up with we've yeah. i think we've we've talked about this before but um christmas story is on it's very recognizable that it's him if you yes. have a brain probably now, i i recognized but... him on the 240p version even <laughs> i heard the voice and i was like this guy sounds so damn familiar like I <laughs> oh yeah. yeah and it's obviously him it's mm -hmm. just when i was watching i was like there's no way that i know any actor in this movie from <laughs> anything and i just blocked it out and then looked it up later and i was like oh my gosh he's the dad from christmas story yes and it makes it better and so it does all right well it opens up and my first note is it's the dad from christmas story uh it opens <laughs> right up with kolchek he puts a tape into like his recorder i guess his player i don't know what it's a cassette player. Is that all it's called? It's uh, it's the thing from Home Alone. What, uh, yeah, what he's got uh, his Macaulay Culkin has. His talk boy. Yeah, he's <laughs> yes. got exactly the talk boy. Uh, and it's him narrating <laughs> uh, like a book, uh, it seems. He says chapter one. It's recounting the events of a bizarre case in Las Vegas. Um, 
and it seems like immediately, okay, this is our narration, this is our framing for the movie is going to be him narrating the whole thing. Uh, and he lets us know that Cheryl Hughes, a woman who works swing shift, was attacked and killed in an alley. Uh, she is later found by a man who is taking out the garbage. Uh, he, like, finds her arm, and we cut then to doctors performing her autopsy in silence. And this is all... We're, we're seeing these scenes as he's describing about them. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and I do I do love... There's a, there's just one small detail in this first scene where he's... Before it cuts to, to what he's mm-hmm. narrating. But he's sitting in bed, and the lampshade is tilted so that he can, like, read what he's mm-hmm. written. And it just was like, wow, that... Most people, I feel like these days, don't read books. They just read on their iPads or Kindles. So yeah. it's like it's like tilting the lampshade. At first, I was like, "Oh, he's just is supposed to be disheveled." But I was like, "Oh no, he's using it to read." What a what a weird concept. I recognize I recognized what he was going through from trying to play my Game Boy as a child uh, and tilting yeah. the light. <laughs> I certainly don't read. Um, and it, so he is. I actually need to ask right away now that we're going back to that beginning thing. Why is he listening to his own dictation? Is he just writing out what he previously spoke? Good question. It seems like he's writing. I I went back to like the beginning after getting to the end, and it seems like he's sitting down, just like writing down everything he said, or possibly yeah, he must be. like yeah, he must it. be transcribing. It's weird that he's not stuff. typing it though. Like he has a typewriter. It's weird to me that he's going. He's writing by hand. So is he writing a book by hand? I guess. I guess. It was weird. I thought it was a little odd, but whatever. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I wasn't quite sure know. what was going on with that. Um, but who cares? It looks cool. And it's just a cool way to be introduced to this cool character with his very cool trilby hat that he wears. It's, yeah, it's cool. It's got just right off the bat. Right off the bat, cool. this movie is <laughs> loaded with intrigue. Uh-huh. Right? Like, I just... It's just there, just yeah. the detective talking about the case, yeah. a strange case that Classic you're going to find out noir more. Classic oh, very noir, yeah. and just I'm I'm just in for it right away. I'm like this, I'm gonna like this. So. I am I'm right there with you. I will say, uh, my notes are not going to capture all of the the essence or detail of everything, and it's very the movie's very jumpy. So yeah, you know, true. It, it will sound. It probably sounds worse than it is because it's so like this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Like without it's got, any, it like, does have the feel of a um, fast-paced procedural TV yeah. show a little mm-hmm. bit, um, which makes like, sense since it was made into a TV show later down the line. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and it's made for TV. I guess I don't know, if, yeah. but it, but the um, major crime. Have you ever watched Major Crime? No. It reminded me of that crime. specifically. It's a it's a very procedural show that just like blasts through a case like in like thirty minutes and like mm-hmm. has like multiple interviews. Like it's very sim- It's a procedural. So that's gotcha. what it reminded me of. All right, all right, all right. Well, okay. I love this opening uh, of the doctors doing the autopsy in silence as like the title cards for the movie come yeah. up. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, just a nice touch to have no music on that part of the movie. Uh, all right, and then uh, it's two days later. Kolchak is talking. He gets called in by his editor to cover the story. He was on vacation, I guess, um, which is kind of funny because it seems like as the movie goes on, like his editor hates him. 
And it's like, <laughs> why'd you call him back? Why don't you just assign somebody else to the story yeah. then? Um, he goes and he meets with a doctor friend at the hospital to try to get more information on the autopsy. Um, he comes up empty other than learning that the victim lost a lot of blood, Kyle. Hmm. Ooh. Interesting. Hmm. Um, so next he goes and he meets with his girlfriend, who I think worked at the same casino as the victim. His girlfriend's like a dancer of some sort, a showgirl. Um, oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. She says that she doesn't have much information, but she brings up that, like, this girl, Cheryl, wasn't dating anybody. She was pretty shy and she knew karate. Which is just like, okay, it's a fun detail, yeah. I guess. He's like, you kn- she knew karate? Like, it's supposed to be like, she couldn't defend herself against this yes, man. That, that is like, the- that's what the notion is, is like, yeah. he's starting to think, like, why this this attacker must have been a uh, well-trained Trained in some way yeah. or stronger than the average person, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not long after this. <laughs> well, she mentions that she has a brown belt in karate right? yes specifically what a, brown is a brown belt, belt? i think so like brown... one step above yellow no i think brown is maybe like third highest something like that i, I hope it's there's... a brown what if it's a brown leather belt i think nice. you get brown brown with a black stripe and then black there might be red in between i don't know i think it's higher than a purple belt i think it's higher than dwight Schrute is all I can Ooh. say. Anybody out there who knows karate, let us know the yeah, progression of belts, I guess. Um, not long after this, Thursday, May 20th, he says, uh, another body is found. This time it's a cocktail waitress with a similar loss of blood, Kyle. Hmm. Um, I like how you immediately learn Kolchak has a, a relationship with the police, basically, because he shows yeah. up and he shows up like immediately. The cops just get there and then Kolchak shows up and the cops are like, what took you so long to find out about it, Kolchak? Like, yeah, because <laughs> he's like always he's, there immediately. Yeah, he's always pestering them, basically. He's a big nuisance. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they find the body like down at the bottom of a hill and they find what looks like a... St- signs of a struggle pretty far away from the body but no indication of how the body got to where it was so Kolchak is like did he throw her like 50 feet or something crazy like that yeah mm, more layers to the intrigue because yeah because vampires don't leave footprints they, they leave footprints right like that's not a vampire thing well sometimes in vampire lore they can fly so it could be that I don't think this guy can fly because he clearly no. doesn't fly in the movie. I think the implication is just that he did toss her, chuck him. Okay. Yeah, uh, maybe or the vampire. Not to was... spoil it that he's a vampire. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It could also be that the vampire was force projecting himself, uh, much like Luke oh, Skywalker yeah. at the end of the Last Jedi. <laughs> sure. Um, all right. Later, Kolchak's editor is chewing him out. Uh, for inferring details of the case and making it out to be more than they currently have evidence to support. Uh, He's basically writing, like, these women, it looks like there's a serial killer who's draining blood like a vampire, and the the editor is like, we don't know any of that yet. Like, you can't just say that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Good editor. Like, honestly, he, like, calls him out. He's doing a good job. A lot of it, a lot, the cops are are dicks because we know Kolchak's right. 
But a lot of the things they say, you're like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, oh, if this I, guy's yeah, not a vampire. I agree, <laughs> like, I agree yeah. with the editor and the police, like, yes. the whole These movie. These are the most almost. reasonable cops, I feel. The, uh, yeah, the other way I don't are. agree with them, I don't agree that he shouldn't mention that at least this killer thinks they're a vampire. Like, whether right. or not they believe it's a vampire, there's no heart. Like, this guy is clearly biting people's necks and draining their blood whether or yes. not you truly believe he's a very clearly entity <laughs> yeah he's a an insane man yes who is acting like a vampire like very yes. very clear cut there yes. and they're just other than yeah. that disagreeance though i'm 100 percent on their side throughout the <laughs> <Yeah>. movie <laughs> All right. Uh, Friday, May 21st, another body is found. Uh, another cocktail waitress. Uh, it looks like she got home, opened her back door for some reason, and died suddenly. And she's also missing a lot of blood. Uh, we're just seeing is this one named Carol, too. There's like a multiple could have been. I, I, I quit writing down their names as I went on because I got tired of. He's always like spewing details at us, and I was like, I can't keep up with this. Yeah, I'm not going to keep too pausing, pausing and rewinding I'm, to get all the. Details. I'm pretty sure there's multiple carols. I didn't really check that because there's a lot. There was a lot of stuff coming at me, but I think yeah. there's multiple carols. I don't know why that is. But. Well, it sounds like me on Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kolchak meets with a friend who's in the FBI, I think, named Bernie. Um, I, lo I love Bernie. Bernie's a great guy. Uh, and he asks him for help investigating. He wants him basically to look in if there's been any, like, released insane asylum patients in the area who think they could be vampires. Yeah, <laughs> which like is, like, an enormous <laughs> ask. Yeah. Right? Like, we're not in modern times where you could just, like, keyword search yeah. or something. Like, this is a man who probably has to physically call different branches mm -hmm. and like ask people hey you have anybody who's died from like there's no database he's not going to go through files so he's like i thought it was funny because i feel like he was just asking him for a quick favor and i feel yeah. like it was more like hey can you like work on this for a couple weeks for there's me an or impossibly something? hard like, task for you to pull off also incredibly specific like you're gonna call up but do you have any patients who thought they were vampires that recently yeah. escaped <laughs> like, yeah what um bernie uh tells him i guess he'll, he'll he'll look into it unofficially and that he then tells him that there's going to be like a special coroner report at the sheriff's office later the coroner has some information on the bodies that they're going to reveal um and then kolchak is called by his friend the doctor from earlier who tells him that somebody broke into the hospital and stole a bunch of blood really hmm. pointing toward vampire here pretty yeah. obvious <laughs> at least an insane man who thinks he's a vampire yes bare minimum um Kolchak makes his way across town to the special report that bernie tipped him off about and the coroner infor coroner informs them that the women all had bite wounds on their necks and Oof. saliva in the wounds i there's something <laughs> that bothers me about this scene what because he goes um there are bite marks there Mm -hmm. And then, like, with what seems like animal teeth or something. And he then says, he goes, like, similar to a dog's teeth, canines yeah. or something. And like then he that, goes, yeah. and saliva. And people are like, what? <gasps> and he just says saliva. Like, he doesn't say, like, human saliva. Like, he just says saliva. And the guy's like, wait, there, 
there was saliva there. I'm like, yes, it's a bite wound. There's oh, going to be saliva. It appears to be like a bite wound. And I think the saliva is what seals that it's a bite wound. I Maybe. I, I thought I it was the dumbest People reaction. People are reacting like, what a bombshell, bro. <laughs> a bite wound with saliva in it. I always so. dry my mouth out before I bite somebody. Make sure there's zero saliva. Um, yeah. Also yeah. in this scene, they mentioned that they can... Um, they they can get blood type. I was type going from... to ask you about this. I wasn't quite there. Yet. I don't think that that's a possible in 1970s technology to get <laughs> like a DNA sequence or like mm-hmm. figure out blood type. At least nothing quick. Like that's... I don't know what he he specifically says that they can tell that the person's very anemic. And I'm oh, not no. No, I'm not sure 0%. exactly what it even means to be. No, unless anemic. ferritin existed and you can test a ferritin level from a saliva. <laughs> you in a, think you could test a ferritin in a in a bite wound of somebody else where there's been mixing of blood? No, it's over. Preposterous. It's, that's well, preposterous. That's made up. This was uh, at this point. Everybody's in disbelief. Uh, and they're trying to write off this bite on the neck or whatever, except for Kolchak. He's intrigued, right? He's got his reporter antenna is buzzing. Um, there's a guy, I can't remember what happens, but the sheriff is there. The sheriff and the DA are in like the room with them. Um, and the sheriff says something to insult Kolchak when he asks like a question. And Kolchak corrects his grammar on the insult. Which I love that moment, but I can't remember yeah. exactly what he says. But I just yeah, like that I, he's... I wrote it down. It is, um, oh, why can't I find it? Oh yeah, Col- he's like Kolchak. You're here by the mutual suffrage of us all, and and Kolchak goes, "It's actually sufferance, sheriff." <laughs> yes. It's I love sufferance. That. Or I think he, I don't think he says actually. I think he just says it's sufferance. It's sufferance. Sheriff. It's such a great. And then he continues, and he's like, he oh. just he just owns them. He's just above them. Doesn't give a shit about their insults. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody believes that it's a real vampire, but the doctor at least says we should entertain the notion that it could be a fucking crazy guy who thinks he's a vampire. Yes, which is very reasonable. Yes. Very reasonable. Um. I love uh, one of the dudes at the table, one of the police officers or the DA, I can't remember who, but they say they suggest that whoever did it was high on the pot or the hard stuff. And I love, I just love the way they phrased it, high on the pot or the hard stuff. Mm, the pot or the hard stuff. That's uh, like asking, the, whoever wrote that line has no clue about any no, drugs at I love all. It. That's They're some just, 70s mm, drug talk. The pot or the, the hard stuff. What's the hard stuff? I don't what do you mean? It's the hard stuff. Oh, man. Oh, at this the point. Doctor, what if, hold on. Go on. Because I think the doctor at this point also mentions what if it's, it's as somebody with, or somebody says, could it be a medical condition that someone's like wanting more blood for? Mm. Do you and have, guess perhaps what? have something to speak My to that? My pager <laughs> is going off right now. <laughs> What's that? Someone's David's robbing is... the hospital. Someone's oh, no. robbing the hospital. I gotta go. No. <laughs> it's Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. It's Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. What's wrong with them? So, um, so anyways, there is a 
there is a syndrome that I learned of in med school that is closely tied with um, vampires in general. Like mm-hmm. nobody really knows if it, I, I don't really know where the, where, who the first person to come up with the vampire idea for a monster was, but they wonder if this, it disease, was Joss Whedon in 1996 when he created yes, Buffy exactly. the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. yeah uh. that, I believe it. <laughs> yes. Um, but there's a, there's a disease that's been around for a long time and been, has been, uh, described by like Socrates that seems like it could be the inspiration, and that is porphyria. So, mm-hmm. um, specifically, congenital erythropoietic porphyria, or porphyria, or porphyria is when you're afraid of people pouring liquids around you, right? You've got a yeah. <laughs> yes, <pouring>. fear <laughs> of lick, just pouring. yeah, pouring. Yes. Or I guess I could have said it a manifests fear of being like poor, but it would have been no. It's porphyria. It's yeah. if your kid is like screams when you're pouring milk into a cup for them, <laughs> then they might have porphyria. Uh, porphyria. I'm going right, to share I'll, my I'll screen. Quit interrupting with stupid jokes. Well, I, I'll, I'll share my screen in a second because I don't right. want to spoil it. But the um, basically it's an issue with heme synthesis. It results in inclu- an accumulation of por- porphyrins, which are very toxic and damaging to organs. So this disease is pronounced by photosensitivity and chronic hemolytic anemia. So basically they're low on blood and they can't spend any time outside in the daylight. That's a mm. vampire thing. Um, their skin very easily breaks down in response to sunlight because they can't handle any sort of oxidative damage or radiation. Their teeth becomes discolored red or brown, giving the appearance that they may have been drinking blood. They're chronically anemic, so they need blood. Some people need transfusions for the, for that, uh, for this disease. Um, they don't actually like crave blood though. They, uh, that's not a thing. But um, one thing that they should avoid, which can cause worse breakdown of blood products, is garlic, actually. Oh, they can't really man. handle garlic very well. I know, it's very, that's very specific that's for really like vampires, yeah. right? <laughs> um, this disease can be pretty severe. Most, there's, there's multiple types of porphyries that aren't that bad. What I'm about to show you is the bad one. Oh, this great. is the Gunther syndrome. Really and you can see why you might be a little bit weary if you saw somebody with this. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I'm seeing a man who has looks like almost as if they have no lips and nose, and their yeah, skin and their is teeth are very off of them. Yeah, it it is not. It's a very sad appearance. You know, it, it's not great, okay. and so you can see like the teeth kind of poking out in one of the pictures. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, essentially. Maybe this guy, maybe what they're looking for is someone with porphyria, and they're just they're just there, but not really. Not mm-hmm. it's not really. I mean, we know for a fact case, that it's a vampire. I really wanted to bring up the porphyria thing for this episode. So there it is. There's Doctor Davidson's diagnosis: vampires and porphyria. Maybe they, maybe porphyria influenced the development of this idea of vampires. There it is. Doctor Davidson's diagnosis. It seems pretty likely to me. Uh, yeah, especially the garlic thing, I think, is mostly just thrown in there as, like, an afterthought. Like, it's not a really specific thing for people with the disease. They're not like, I can't have garlic. You yeah. know, I think it's just like, hey, garlic is probably not good because it, it can cause a increase of I would hate so. to have that disease because I love garlic. Garlic rules. It's <laughs> yeah. the best you'd thing also, in food. You'd also hate to be a, a vampire. Well, 
Well, eh, I could live with that. Depends. Can I get could my you soul back? Live with it though. Can I? Could you, can I reacquire uh, my soul like Angel and or Spike? Maybe, but every time you have sex, you turn and you lose your soul and go back. Well, into no worries, the, then, the Kyle. End, so I'm not. <laughs> ever- <laughs> We're safe. Uh, good. All right, back to the movie. One of the officers has a profile on a man who was hanging around the hospital that was robbed, Kyle. They say it's a white male adult, six foot two to six foot four, thin, 175 pounds-ish, pale complexion, dark hair. Sounds like a vampire to me. (laughs) Uh, Before they leave, the DA tells Kolchik that he... Uh, he tells him to get rid of his tape recording the meeting, and he's like, none of this shit about vampires leaves this room, motherfuckers. That's what he yeah. said, basically. <laughs> uh, and then he kind of vaguely threatens Kolchak to stay out of it uh, as they're leaving. You know, he asks him, like, come, walks him into the elevator, and he's like, keep your nose out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernie shows up, his FBI friend, and agrees that he should leave it alone. Uh, but promises that if Kolchak asks him for more help, he will look into it. But he's like, he's like, I know I can't stop you from looking into this, but give me at least a couple days away yeah. from this. Yeah. He says, do me a, do a favor for me and stay away from me for a few days, just for friendship's sake. <laughs> and I just like that line. Sometimes you just need a break from a friend. Yeah, like I love just it. for our friendship's he's sake, being just honest like, and open, please just stay away from me for two days. I text Kyle that at the end of every podcast. record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. It cuts to him once again getting chewed out by his editor for submitting a story suggesting it could be a vampire right after he's supposed <laughs> to drop it. it. It's so funny. It's the next scene. They're like, you drop this. We don't speak of this. And then the editor is like, dude, this article is called Vampire Killer in Las Vegas. It says, but he put a question mark. So he's oh, like, yeah. did I lie? True. <laughs> it's like, did I lie? I, I didn't say it was. I just said it yeah. could be. Um... And this is where I noted, I was like, this movie is basically the exact opposite of our movie from last week, Duel, where it was just two dudes on a road, nothing else but raising the stakes in this one situation. And this movie is just like, boom, 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 million characters all over the place. It's very different, but equally fun to watch. Yeah. Um, From here, we jump uh, to Kolchak and his girlfriend. They're in bed together. Ooh, la, la. Uh, And they That That was the one, like, I don't know if it's not really a smash cut, but just that was the one cut where I was just like, wow, that really jumped pretty hard. Yeah. Like him, like jumping into bed, like next to her. It was very creepy. Like, hey, she was like, a, you, she was like yeah, asleep hey, and he like puts his hand on her neck. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Dude? And she's like, oh, I was asleep. Can you repeat what you just said? Like uh-huh. as the transition. And then he says what he says next. And yeah. so I think yeah. they just wanted us to think for a microsecond that she was being targeted by the killer. Like she had fallen asleep and someone was going to attack her, and then okay. they wanted to like relieve the tension with like a. Oh I feel no, like it, I'm just so tired. I feel like I they asleep. needed. Yeah, I feel like they yeah. needed. They they should have made that linger longer. I think a for it to work. A different movie. I could see them doing it with like a POV shot, like approaching her in the bed, yeah. and then like grabbing her, and then the cut to the wide of both of them, like it was nothing or whatever. But yeah, I agree. It doesn't fully work. Uh, it's a little weird. Um, 
she they talk a little bit about the case um he briefly mentions wanting her to quit her job working nights which seems kind of reasonable considering there's a serial killer killing women who work nights in town um, <laughs> yeah but also it's like that classic it seems a little bit like that classic like i don't want my i don't want my woman working as a dancer at night you know like a little bit of that 70s dude fear i think um sure and he gets a call saying the killer has struck again uh and this time they were seen kyle so he makes his way down the strip to the scene uh and the fourth victim's mother witnessed the killing um i don't care for the way he describes the victim in this scene he describes her as 125 luscious pounds <laughs> did not like that wording for a dead body for a dead woman he's he's just just saying you know this <laughs> dead corpse pretty luscious she was luscious all right Kolchek. let's tone it down a bit buddy yeah let's chill chill <laughs> out a little bit dude. the uh the mother informs him and the police that the he killer... did just have to leave like his girlfriend that's true like abruptly but this is his so dictation bit... later like i assume <laughs> way down the <laughs> yeah. line that's the narration so he's he just him really remembering. remembers he really remembers oh, the blue balls that he fucking had luscious. and like just had yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's been blue balling for the last month or whatever. Um, he's had the Coxsackie virus. Of course, Coxsack. Uh, <laughs> the mother informs them all that uh, the killer drove a maroon coupe uh, that was at least a few years old, right? So he then meets up with a switchboard operator at the courthouse um, to get information on the suspect's car, I suppose, because she can eavesdrop on, like, the calls that they make at the courthouse because like the they're going to run they're reaching out to the dmv to find out about the car i don't mm -hmm. know why else the switchboard operator would be the person to talk to other than she can just switchboard people literally stay on the line and hear the calls so i think I, yeah i didn't do as much thinking of it i into it i just wondered is this like them showing his in and why he gets to crime scenes like immediately is like she the one like that is he just seems to... like he's a guy who knows somebody everywhere like he's got a guy in every office you know yeah um but that is i think her specific function in this story because he does ask about the dmv um okay. and while he's there he runs into bernie who asks him if he'd like to see the killer's face because they have a sketch kyle uh, and then it smash cuts to the sketch printed in the paper. I assume Kolchak had it printed. Um, and we get an over-the-shoulder POV of the killer grabbing a copy of the paper and then stalking and eventually pouncing upon his next victim. Uh, I assumed he killed her, but... This is the girl spoiler. with the dog? Yes, this is the girl with the dog. Who yeah. is the one I just assumed she got killed because it like cuts the commercial on her screaming... Mm -hmm. But we don't. Have, but yeah, we might find like, out different I think later. Everyone assumed she was dead, right? Uh -huh, perhaps. But, um, I love. Yeah, she sends the dog. At, I love how she has yeah. the dog. I hate that the dog dies, but I love that yeah. it's like she sees a strange man and she's just like, "Let me open the back door of my car where I have a convenient dog hanging yeah. out waiting to attack." The dog's been sitting there for how? God knows how long. Dog's been in the car in Las Vegas <laughs> in the heat of the desert. Yeah, in the heat of the desert, uh, but yeah, I loved I I loved that scene because the dog pounces on him mm -hmm. and then it's just 
like it doesn't show anything graphic or anything. You just he just throws the dog down and the do- dog's dead. So you just assume he like just squeezed the life out of this dog, oh, or, yeah. like grasp its throat, and mm-hmm. it's just like okay, yeah, this dude is Powerful. definitely supernatural here. I love the shot on his eyes in this scene. It has like he's yeah. got these really like almost like yellowy red eyes or mm-hmm. whatever, like bloodshot eyes. Like, it looks like he's got some subconjunct. Dival hemorrhages. Some that's what I was just going to say. You took, but, it right, took the words out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, it looks yeah. he's just got blood like in his eyes, and yeah. so he's yeah, he's, he's, he's it's got cool. blood lust in his eyes. I'll tell you that much. He's wants to drink some blood. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a very fun, just the creepy. It's like we're seeing more of the killer as as Kolchek learns more about what's going on. I guess. Um, we come back from the commercial. He has another fight with his editor, who I don't think I've said his name yet. His name is Vincenzo, which I love. Yeah. That his name is Vincenzo. Um, he demands that the people should know the truth and that they're suppressing news by not reporting on the fact that there is oh, a killer yes. who at least thinks he's a vampire. I wrote down this little monologue because I thought it was so good. What do you want, Vincent- Vincenzo? A testimonial from Count Dracula? Vincenzo's, <laughs> Vincenzo's like, get out. What is this? What is this get in, get out game we play? This nut thinks he's a vampire. He's killed four, maybe five women and drained every drop of blood from him. Now that's news, Vincenzo. News. And we are a news paper. We are supposed to print news, not suppress it. I just like that. Yeah, it was great. And then his editor... His editor basically insists that he only cares about his byline, not some noble cause. And that... (laughs) People would panic if the story got out that there's allegedly a vampire. Well, there's a serial killer no matter what. So I think people should be a little bit panicked. Yeah. Whatever. At least this is like, it It gave me a little bit of, uh, I don't know. Nostalgia is not the right word, but I liked the idea that of a news editor being cautious about what the news can do because the power this of day, the press. Yes. Yeah. The he power knows. of the press. Cause that is gone these days. Right. Like it's people <laughs> yes. just report crap to get clicks and that's it. Yeah. Like that. I mean, there's so much fake news out in the mainstream media for sure. Hey, Kyle, man, like fake this news COVID thing that they're just trying to cause a panic. You know, so <laughs> true. But we have things like Buzzfeed. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like things that are just manufactured to get you clicks. Who cares who's hurt in the in the process? Mm-hmm. And at least like it it gives you a look, a glimpse into maybe when there was a a past. Where at the very least, a a, a fictionalized version of a more noble past that I yes. love to believe existed. <laughs> yes. yes, I agree. Um, and uh, all right, so he's they have their big conflict, and then Kolchek receives the information on the car that's been identified by the DMV, um, and he goes to talk to the man who sold it, who confirms that the sketch is accurate, except the guy that he sold the car to had a mustache, um, and also hmm. that the man seemed pretty scary, he says. He's like, I was going to try to talk him down on the price, but he seemed like a guy who might uh, suck my blood out of my body if I... <laughs> <laughs> if I did he actually handle. say that? Does no, he, he didn't say that. Okay, I wish he was going to say. That'd be great if he did. Um, next, we get a sexy shirtless scene of Kolchek. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he discusses <laughs> the story with his girlfriend. 
Um, he again encourages her to quit her job, and she encourages him to start really seriously looking into vampires as a legitimate possibility for the killer, uh, and gives mm-hmm. him some books on the subject. And there's a moment, Kyle, when she drops the book on his lap, right? And he does like an ooh kind of face, like because something heavy got dropped on his crotch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it is like the exact same acting he does in A Christmas Story when he gets a bowling ball <laughs> present dropped on his lap in that movie. He does like a, he does a ooh kind of ooh moment. And I was oh, like, that would be a great, great little cut together, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, I'd love I to see those side by side. I'll do it. I'll find them both. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was a little bit I feel like her talking to him to take vampires seriously as an option maybe could have happened earlier because he already seemed like pretty sold on the vampire concept. I guess maybe mm-hmm. he didn't I, believe that, it was a real vampire and just thought it was yeah, a crazy guy. I think it makes sense because I feel like he really isn't like the police are still trying to pres- pres- uh they're trying to suppress the idea that there is a crazy man out there acting like a vampire. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to convince them at this point that yes, there's a crazy man who thinks he's a vampire. I don't think that he truly believes it's a vampire. I would have thought yet. at least at the very, at the very least, I would think if he thinks that this guy believes he's a vampire, that he would then do research on vampires to get into the head of the killer already. I would have correct. Thought it's something, something I wish that, at least later that he would present it mm-hmm. in in this way when he is trying to convince the police that it is a real vampire at least convince them that hey if this guy's killing people and draining their blood like a vampire he's probably doing other vampire crap that yeah. maybe we can like understand him better but Agreed. this is 1970s who knows at i you know in the show mindhunt mindhunter <laughs> i think which occurs in the 70s does it? I don't actually know when it takes place. Sounds but right. this is when FBI are trying to figure out serial killers, they're, they're and it's this coming up novel with the idea. idea of profiling suspects. Yeah, yeah. Which before that, at least in this show, which is completely true history. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be. Well, it's TV. a documentary with found. They found all that footage. It's yes, a real exactly. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they. But in that show, they say that that people it was stigmatized to try and like put yourself in the mind of a killer mm-hmm. and Which is like fair. nobody did that so the, anything to do with psychology i feel like is traditionally stigmatized like i feel like uh especially 70s and earlier you know trying to probe into the mind is like well that's a bunch of hoo-ha you can't you can't just do that it's the same way that people like frown upon psychiatry or whatever you know like people just don't believe that you can analyze the mind in the same way as you can the body i guess a lot of people in terms of you know yeah or it might have effect on you if you like think too much about it or yeah go into it more you know something like that yeah i'm with you We're, we're i'm with you um after this there is a uh pretty goofy scene i would say one of the less successful scenes of the movie of the our first full look at the vampire uh as he's stealing blood from another hospital and he like starts attacking the staff uh and then there's another commercial break and this was just like 
kind of goofy. I, I'm not a huge fan of how the vampire looks when you get a full shot of him. Yeah, I really think maybe the 240p, <laughs> the 240p version may be a little bit better for it because it's <laughs> for him. Yeah, <laughs> like first off, the like I like the action scenes, but he has a very clear signature move, and it's grab somebody by their collar and throw them against the wall or throw them out the window because yeah. that's all he does over yeah. and over again in like every fight scene, and um, and then his look, his appearance is like not great and it's it's a combination of everything including his like his facial expressions at the end are very bad i think maybe they're going for like he's outdated like his look is somebody who has been alive for like a hundred years you know who just has like the same Mm -hmm. shitty haircut they got like you know in the 1800s or something but it, it just makes him look like a and I think at this, I think he's wearing a wig for this hospital. Is he? I, I think know. he's wearing a brown, more of a brown. His hair looks different, more brown in this one. And later they show that he is using some disguises. We do and see I, that he has fake. So I think he is specifically wearing a wig during that scene. Okay. Well, um, he looks stupid. But, yeah. I would like. I he, wish that he would have looked cool the first time. He looks we stupid. Saw him. The 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 <laughs> suit is overgrown. Yeah. Like it's way too big, even by 1970s sta- standards. I think I feel like it looked big, but which could be another maybe thing it's just that like me. Maybe he killed a guy and took his suit, and it's just like not the right size for him or whatever. Like these yeah. could maybe be character details, but we don't explore the vampire enough in the movie. Like we never really get to know him at all as a character. Yeah, we only catch these little glimpses of him. So it's like they just don't fully work for me the way that he looks he doesn't come across as very threatening once mm-hmm. you actually get to see him um but either way once we cut back from commercial break Kolchak and the police arrive at the hospital where the vampire is still fighting his way out of the crowd um and Kolchak gets some pictures of the vampire as he flees which i was hoping was going to come back as like they develop with nothing in the picture you know oh yeah but that didn't happen unfortunately um and the police try to give chase but he like outruns the cars and there is an insane stunt at this part kyle (laughs) where the motorcycle like flips and skids did you take note of how it comes flying at one of the police officer extras who has to jump onto the hood of the car to not get hit by the motorcycle that's careening toward him? I didn't see it. No, it's like literally like he misses it by like a second of getting his ankles completely <laughs> obliterated by the motorcycle. I watched it like five times because I was like, I couldn't tell if that was planned part of the stunt or if this extra was just like, oh, I'm going to get hit by this thing if I don't move. Like, Wow. I it, bet. Yeah. I'm willing to bet it's the second one because yes. that's hilarious. It felt very much like we're just shooting this thing. We're going. We don't have time for proper safety. Let's fucking move. <laughs> um, which I watched the... Um, there's a reference on the Wikipedia. They talk about how on the DVD there's like a 14-minute interview with the director. Um, I looked that special feature up online. And he does mm. specifically talk about how making movies back then was so fun because they were like, we shot them quick and cheap and we got them done. And I was <laughs> like, all right, well, that sounds like you probably did ignore People some safety. People got hurt. <laughs> we got them done, though. It was what it was. You knew what you, knew what you were getting into. Exactly. <laughs> the next day. There's, uh, there is one scene uh, about this that really bothered me. Oh, okay. And he's well, yeah. stealing blood from uh-huh. this hospital, right? And mm-hmm. then you find her, he throws somebody out the window and they're on the top floor of this hospital. Yes. I think that's very silly. 
because for blood at a hospital, you usually keep it near the trauma center, which is on the main floor where the ambulance comes in, where the surgeries happen. Mm. So unless there's surgery centers on the third floor, you don't keep your extra blood on a on a ward, on like a, just a random ward and a random fridge on the third floor away from where you are going to need that blood right away. If somebody comes in, they've lost a lot of blood. Wow. Wow. Also, it was, also it was weird that it was in glass bottles like that. What the fuck was that? I was yeah. going to ask you, like, is that how they used to keep blood? Was I, I didn't look into bottles? it, but it looks awful. <laughs> like, no wonder people got a bunch of hepatitis uh. and HIV from... Glass bottles just, just jugs of blood. blood that are just laying around. Basically, with like Sharpie written on the outside, like O positive beam, you know? <laughs> it's like a whole liter. It's like three liters. So much of it. I know. I was cracking up at just that. Just seems so goofy to me. But I can't imagine that they just made that up. Like, that'd be such a weird choice to be like, because you're making a, a movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. imagine you're making a movie and you're like, okay, so he's going to steal blood. What do they keep blood in? I don't fucking know. Glass Bottles. jars? I don't know. It's like, they should we look hang into it? it? Nah, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yes, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's like kind of a lot of blood, too. Like, you uh, you know, typical, like, blood units now are, mm-hmm. are like 500 cc's-ish wow. of fluid. Anyway, well, it's weird. Maybe yeah, they were whatever. trying to set a trap for a vampire, Guile. I don't know. Um, maybe. Yes. Well, the, okay, so the next day... <laughs> Kolchak is in hog heaven. Uh, also, heavy. also, if I'm yep. a vampire, this is this is big. Okay. This is big. If you're a vampire, mm-hmm. okay, and you want some like good quality blood, you don't go to a hospital. You go to a hospital if you want like a large volume of blood. But you know where the good blood is? It's actually when you donate blood, the good blood, the fresh blood goes out to outlying areas, like small trauma areas or mm-hmm. Places with not a lot of access because the new fresh blood has a longer shelf life. So they keep that blood on that site for a longer amount of time. They don't have to refill it as much. And then when it gets to a certain point, that blood gets transferred to the hospital. So all the hospital blood is ones that have been on the shelf for a while. Ugh. They don't have as much of the red blood I go blood to a major hospital, I'm getting that blood that's been under the heat lamp. I don't know what the, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm at McDonald's and they're giving me the 15 minute old fries over here. I want that fresh blood. You want fresh blood? Yeah. yeah. Well, now I know. Fresh blood. Can I request fresh blood when I go to the hospital? Can I? Yes. I have I a friend who's request. a doctor and he told and me he that said, you use blood that's past the sell by date here. And I would like. It's not past the sell by date. I can tell you that. <laughs> But it is a little bit older. It's you're, it's not gonna be. It's like as the, great. it's like you open that blood up and you give it like the. Yeah, I think that's still fresh. That's what they do yeah, in I think the it's pharmacy. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, they sniff test the blood yeah. like you do milk. Exactly. And taste test it. It's got that is little bit of crust around. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. The next day. <laughs> Kolchak, he's in hog heaven, Kyle. He's gotten, you know, the exclusive story about the hospital robbery published in the paper ahead of everyone else. He's like, the radio was behind, TV was behind, they're a bunch of schmucks. Um, He attends a press conference hosted by Bernie uh, and the police who have identified the killer, Kyle. They just just identified him. All right. (laughs) We we got him. 
okay. his name is Jano Skrensky or something like that. Skrensky. Born in Romania in 1899. What? Hold up. Uh-huh. That he'd be like 70, 70 years old. Plus years old. It's impossible. He was out running a police car. <gasps> yeah. Um cuz it, it's now at this point like he uh um Kolchak or Kolchak has now seen him take multiple bullet hits. Yeah. Because he was at the hospital, of course, watching yes. this whole fight. He at least fight saw him down. get shot at, at a range where it's like he had to have gotten hit. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then yeah. just outrun the, a police car. Like yes. he's like, okay, there's something supernatural going on. <laughs> Absolutely. And you guys are denying it. Like, and he's taking pictures of this guy in this firefight and mm-hmm. like not even flinching. So yeah. Kolchak's cool. Yeah. Or he's got some history like in the army or something. Absolutely. I don't know. He, he's definitely calm under pressure. Kolchak is. Yeah. Um, they also reveal that like for decades, this guy has kind of jumped from place to place. And anytime he's left, he's always left like a, a mysterious trail of dead bodies behind him. Um, mm-hmm. Did they mention he's a millionaire at some point? Do they? Possibly. I didn't take I note I thought of that it. they mentioned that he like has a, like the man, like he has a fortune or something. You think maybe he's just like one of those millionaires today that drinks like young people's blood. That's like, I've never heard of this. I can't remember what it is, but there's like rumors that people like Hillary Clinton and other rich people specifically, I think some people actually do do it. Maybe drink the blood of like young people because they've got some sort of vitamin or something in their blood still that helps keep you young and vital is like the theory of it i cannot remember what the thing is called that's supposed to be in your blood when you're young that goes away as you get older but it's as a doctor i have to say yes i'd recommend that that yeah. sounds perfectly legit sounds legit right maybe that's i think i've what... heard i think i've met i've heard that when people are talking about like the deep state especially yeah, like that kind the of shit. people like, believe yeah that they're, they're drinking yes. young people's blood yes <laughs> so Maybe no. that's what Yano Skarinzi is doing, Kyle. Maybe he's just a millionaire. Maybe. He's just drinking blood to stay young. Helps you outrun police cars. Um, <laughs> well, Kolchak starts confronting everybody in the room with the facts as he sees them and implores them to treat it as if they are, in fact, hunting a real-life vampire. And he is, again, shot down and basically told to drop it or they're going to kick him out of town. Um, and this is like... It sounds repetitive, I feel like, talking about it, but it feels like there's a good kind of build in the tension when you're watching it, you know? Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. lot of him being like, it's this, and people being like, no, it's not, but with slightly different circumstances around yeah, it. Yeah, with different levels. The first yes. time it's like, hey, it's a crazy guy that's a vampire. And then finally they're like, okay, it's a crazy guy who thinks he's a vampire. Yeah. And now he is like, no, it's, it's Actually, legit. it's a real vampire. <laughs> it's a real vampire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um... Later, he asks what I thought was maybe an actual realtor friend. I was confused why he asked this guy, but he asked him to (laughs) show all the realtors in town the sketch of the killer and ask if they've sold anything to that guy, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he got on the realtor like a, Facebook groups that I, I think he's just a weird degenerate dude that he asks about it. A guy who knows people, I guess. Yeah, so um, he's I, a, there's no explanation. No. I thought he was. I thought for a second he was dealing the cards in the casino, but he's not. He's playing. No, he's just a gambler. Cards. He's who a loses gambler. a lot, according to their discussion. Yes. Um, the guy who it is who plays him is in like the Maltese Falcon 
uh, like a classic noir. He's in a bunch of like older hmm. like classic movies. The director just specifically talks about casting him because he loved him in The Maltese Falcon in that uh, short thing that I watched the interview. Um, cool. Okay. So uh, he, he's then he then Kultik's just driving around. He's listening to his police scanner uh, and he hears the police report a sighting of Janos. So he m- speeds off toward the area and he makes it just in time to see a prolonged segment of the police trying to apprehend Janos <laughs> where they like jump into somebody's backyard and they get him down on the ground and then he knocks him into a pool and they're all like in the water wrestling. <laughs> it's so prolonged. It is very long, unnecessarily It's long. not like the worst thing, no, but it's, it's just, it's just like, goofy a bit. It goes on, yeah. It, it's like him getting tackled and then standing up and throwing a guy by grabbing him by his collar yeah, into like the, the other same, guys. He throws and him. then he gets tackled into the water. <laughs> yes. Everybody's standing around while they're underneath the water like why aren't the cops all jumping in to make sure that nobody drowns you know and yeah it's it is what it is it's goofy and but more (laughs) most importantly is um he sees the police clearly shoot yano several times like yes they shoot him in like the head and like get him Mm -hmm. he's like down and they're unloading on him and he just gets up and runs away and manages to escape despite the fact that they call in like every man they have on the scene um, so then the next day he goes to the courthouse and he finally convinces the police and the DA to hear him out uh, about it being a vampire in exchange for exclusive rights to the story. He'll give them advice on how to hunt down and stop Janos. And I love this scene. This is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Hmm. It's he's so dramatic in this scene. Like he gets to the courthouse and there's like a million officers in the room and he just yeah. like sneaks in and picks a chair in the back and like sits there until they all leave and the DA and the sheriff are talking and then he just like picks his perfect moment to chime in like I bet I could help or whatever he yeah. says and yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's like Kolchak what are you doing in here <laughs> and, he's, and then when he when he gets them to agree to like hear him out uh, like he he goes and grabs his bag and like slowly opens it and pulls out like mm-hmm. a cross and a stake and hammer for them the to look at. The largest stake and hammer I've ever seen I in my love life. A, I, I love old vampire stuff because it's always like, it's not like Buffy where she can, she has super strength. So it's like, yeah, I can just easily jab Stab him. some, yeah. It's always like a fucking gigantic mallet that they carry around old timey vampire hunters and it cracks me up that... It cracks me up that they never try to modernize it. Like, this is a 70s movie set in the 70s. They could give him, like, a cooler-looking hammer, but he's still got the same, like, 1800s Van Helsing fucking mallet and stake that he's carrying around. It's so goofy-looking. I know, and it's goofy because he's like... They're like, okay, what's your okay? Well, what's your plan or whatever? He's like, you got to outfit every officer with one of these, and it's the giant cross. <laughs> And one of these, and it's like the giant mallet and steak. No. And they don't like immediately laugh, right? Like yeah. they're like, you "Well, we've already agreed to this." <laughs> so okay, um, I do like when he first comes in mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, I he I think he's talking to the police chief." He's like, "Either this guy's a vampire, or your police staff are all basically morons who can't <laughs> shoot him." Like. Point blank. I forget yes. what exactly he says, but it's just a great little like. It is. Either he's a vampire with supernatural powers, or your police yeah. officers you lose all of them no miss what. from yeah, yeah. <laughs> miss from point blank. Like there's that's it. 
Um, they are skeptical, but they agree to do what he says on the condition that they won't... I love this. The sheriff is like, I won't break police procedure. Like, we're not going mm -hmm. to find this guy and stab him in the heart with a wooden stake as our yes. first resort. We are going exactly. to try to apprehend him and make him hold trial before we would result resort to that and i'm like good this is the best cop i've ever seen in my life he doesn't want to kill a possibly innocent man i love this guy yes. <laughs> makes sense yeah speaking also, of that actually mm -hmm. while watching this movie um i i like noticed the lack of diversity because all the <laughs> movies like modernly are very like diverse yeah. or at least you see more than one like skin tone yes and this movie i was like this is a 1970s movie and it's a just a bunch of white people yeah, and like is. i actually like noticed it um which i haven't done that in a movie before. here comes kyle so. with this liberal agenda he's gonna yeah. give this movie <laughs> negative 10 stars and cancel it how could you kyle but yeah i just thought it was it, it was interesting to me that like I noticed it. I think know? it's interesting like, that, that you bring could, this like, up only seeing one skin tone while I'm talking about the sheriff who has the skin tone of a hot dog and is the greatest looking <laughs> human true. being who's ever existed. <laughs> I fucking love the sheriff. So He's much. got the freaking skin tone of dog the bounty hunter, yeah. you know? He's this guy looks, his skin is so leathery looking. Like it just has so much texture to it. It's crazy. The I, 1080p is just oh, Every close great. up of this guy is cinematic gold. Old. Like I wish every movie had somebody who looked this detailed. He's got just—he's got like a scar on his forehead and so many crow's feet on his eyes and all these creases mm -hmm. in his face. Like, but he doesn't look like wrinkly. Really, his skin still looks tight at the same time that he has all his of his skincare routine is taking one of those big like mirrors that you like for tanning and just going out. And sitting with it just on his face, yes. like oh. he just had so much sun damage. Yeah, I, I I love this sheriff. I love this guy. Um, okay. Um, but they specify that that they won't murder him, which is good, and that if Kolchak is wrong and this guy isn't a vampire, he's just got to get the fuck out of town, right? They're just like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta leave. We're tired of you. I love it because they just. I think they they sort of believe him at this point, right? Yeah, like they like believing him. Um, mm -hmm. but then they find an end to like, okay, if he agrees to this, then he's got to get out of town in 12 hours and we yeah. don't like him. So yes. <laughs> let's, let's just throw this in here mm -hmm. so we can get rid of him. Yes. And yeah. Kolchak is great. very smug throughout the whole scene. Like he's just oh, like, yeah. fine. I'm listen. I know I'm right. So let's do this. Sure. I'll leave that town in 12 hours if I'm wrong, whatever. Uh -huh. Um, and he leaves the building and he's like singing to himself. Like he's in such a good mood. Uh, <laughs> and then he gets into his car to leave. But as he's driving off, Kyle, somebody's in the back seat. <gasps> But it turns out it's just his weird degenerate gambler friend from earlier who tells him that he thinks he found the house. And then there's another. And he was break. sleeping. He was waiting for him in his car, but fell <laughs> yeah, asleep in the back. That was the moment where I was like, okay, so this guy definitely isn't a realtor. <laughs> he crawled yeah, he into said, some dude's back seat and fucking fell asleep like a homeless guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it's a good jump scare though. It is. Because when he's leaving, it's definitely got this ominous feel, and you're like, okay, he's definitely gonna meet the vampire. And yeah. then it's just this 
quick little jump scare. Mm-hmm. So it would have been nice to have that. What we mentioned earlier with with him with the girls, his girlfriend. Yes, it's the same sort of. Would have been nice to have for. that yeah. a little bit more because it would have felt more congruent. Yes, I feel like. Uh, yes, this is a more successful version of the fake out scare. Okay, um, Kolchek, once we get back from commercial break, goes to the vampire's home alone, which I think is a pretty stupid move. Um, yes, very dumb. Very, like, very I'm like, dumb. okay, he's probably got his cross in his pocket. Yeah. Like, that he just had. But, but he's I got mean, a lot of faith in that. A very and he's well. not even going at the right time of day. No, it, I know. Why wouldn't he? Like, there's no reason for him to not just wait until daytime, go over there, See mm-hmm. if the vampire is there asleep in his coffin or whatever and be like, okay, I found him. Let me call the police yeah. to come over. Because he knows Daylight that's his whole lasts theory. for a pretty long time. You got a long window once you've found the place. And he doesn't so go going, like yeah. the dead of night. That's what's weird. He goes like 30 minutes before the sun's going to rise. Yeah. Before he knows the guy <laughs> has to yes. come home. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. It does. It makes right. no sense. Very, other very than silly. Other than being then he's just like too he's so amped he just wants to go now like he's just so obsessed with the story Mm -hmm. that he's like i gotta go but Um, it's clear to him like he knows like his whole theory is that during the day he's got to sleep in his casket that's the Mm -hmm. only time you can kill him well so why is he going at night he's just he's just so excited i want to (laughs) see if there's a vampire um yeah he tells his informant dude to like wait 30 minutes to tell anybody else so that the police won't show up before dawn and so he Mm -hmm. can get some exclusive looks at everything. Um, he sneaks into the home through a window, and it's definitely a pretty vampire looking house. Lots of cobwebs, worn down, uh, up on a hill, just looking spooky. Um, he finds a fridge full of stolen blood, pretty damning evidence, and uh, yep. a trunk filled with disguise makeup, like we mentioned before. He finds like fake mustaches and stuff like that in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Then he makes his way up the stairs, Kyle where he finds the final nail in the coffin. Oh. A coffin. There it is. <laughs> oh. uh, he starts probing Do you deeper- think the vampire has COVID with all that coffin? Uh, um, I think Kolchak's probably pretty excited he found some dirt on this guy once he opens the coffin and it's filled with dirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always like that. That some versions of vampires, it's like they have to sleep in the earth, so they just fill coffins up with dirt or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just seems maybe it's cozy. Maybe it's a nice way sleeping to sleep. on dirt. Maybe in like loose dirt in a coffin, like dirt as loose a blanket. Dirt in a coffin. I don't know. Tonight you should go outside, grab a handful of dirt, and just throw it in your sheets. <laughs> See how that feels. <laughs> Well, I also, I think I should get a big box. I don't want to spend on a coffin, but I think a big box so I can get that claustrophobic feeling as well. You okay. Know? I think you got to be closed in as part of it. Um, while probing deeper into the house, Kyle, he finds the fifth victim, the woman that we saw attacked earlier in the movie, who we assumed was dead. Uh, she's tied up to a bed and seemingly i guess still alive she's got a giant ass fucking vampire bite on her neck which yeah. depending on your version of vampire lore could mean that she's gonna turn into a vampire they don't really address that i don't think in the movie that mm-hmm. they talk about this is yeah because there's like vampire where you could get bit and if you are alive then you 
become a vampire, yes. right? And yeah. then there's also just like you have to do a big swap fest, right? Yeah. Or whatever the they Buffy say. Buffy version Buffy, is right? you 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 drain most of their blood and then have them drink your blood. Yeah. And that's the how you make a vampire. Them, right? Yes. Um, Which is cool. I like that. I like that version too. Um whereas this is like I think Buffy actually describes it in the first episode is you suck they suck your blood, you suck their blood. It's a whole big suck thing. Suck fest. Or, she either oh, says suck, suck fest thing. or suck thing. I couldn't remember okay. the term. But yes. I, in my mind it's suck fest, but suck it might be fest suck was thing. my first instinct, but I but I cowered and said thing. So it could be fest. We could be doesn't matter. No one cares. Uh, but <laughs> they do specifically talk about in this that if someone is bitten and killed, they will eventually rise back as a vampire. Yes. But they don't address what happens if you're bitten and you're left alive still. So I don't really know what's going to happen with this chick. Um, yeah, but he finds her with that big bite wound and also an IV attached to her. Um, and he's like his own personal blood bank. Uh, or whatever he says, which I just... Yeah, it's I, weird because I it's don't not understand, placed properly. I don't understand, especially in a minute. Um, at this... I want to get into it in a second. At this time, Janos shows back up at the house, and it cuts to another commercial. Uh, when it cuts back, uh, he's untying the woman. Shelly is her name. Uh, and he hears the door open, and he quickly like ties her back up so it won't look like he's there and hides in the closet. And when he's in the closet, Janos comes in, and it looks like he puts a fresh bottle of blood to the IV. So I don't understand what the fuck he's doing. I don't get that part either because uh, it's not even pla- it's placed like she would be getting an IV infusion yeah, of that's blood what because it, you have gravity working for you because it's above her body. Maybe it's like So I don't cuz the, the what you assume when it's like oh it's a private blood bank what would make sense is that she's just he's creating, just drawing from her but not drawing killing her. from her blood but not killing her which is would be terribly efficient, inefficient because it takes like 90 days. So to, maybe what he's a... doing now that I'm thinking about it is putting blood into her specifically to like warm it up and filter it like through her body to like, like you said, he wants fresh, right? He doesn't want to drink like the cold blood from the fridge. He wants sure. to like fill her up every night. So it like gets part of her body, then drain her to almost the point of death. Do you think he bites her every night? I think her wound is like fresh, like true. Yeah, yeah. So it's like fresh like that day. Yeah, I think so. He's he's just like biting her, to get just some and keeping her alive with that transfusion constantly Ah, running in. I like it. Yeah, that makes sense. That sucks for her, dude. It really sucks. (laughs) Oh, bad. Which is like so. So when Kolchak is there and he like takes the the, the tape mouth, off of her mouth, the yeah. tape off of her mouth, and then he hears the vampire come home. Like mm-hmm. he immediately like puts the tape back on and like ties her back up, or whatever. Yeah. And she doesn't respond to that. And I'm like thinking, there's no way that she wouldn't like if you're a captive. Like I I would be like, no, do not like tie me back up, please. Yes. Like you know, I would be. I feel like the natural response is to not just lay there like, okay. Yeah. I can almost yeah. guarantee you the reason she says nothing is because if an actor speaks, you have to pay them more. Uh, and I almost <laughs> would bet anything that they're just like, don't give her any lines. We can't afford to pay her. And she's a- the dog girl who gets yeah. captured. And so. she doesn't, she doesn't have any lines, right? Like she screams. I don't think she says anything. Does she? Is that she considered a line? I don't think so. I think that could still fall under the purview of a featured extra to scream huh. okay yeah. so 
because they even have they make a joke i think on 30 rock at one point when jack has like a new his, his assistant Lee, Jonathan like leaves because he's on another show so he gets like a new assistant that's just in the background all the time mm-hmm. uh, this actor and there's a part where he's like trying to cast a role on TV and that assistant hands him like uh, like a resume and he's like you're not an actor Gabe at best you're a featured extra and the, act, <laughs> the guy just like nods and doesn't say anything and then leaves the room like that's hilarious. they never give him a line which is funny and it's, um, it's TV so it's true yeah, so that's how it works. Um, all right. Um, all right. So Janos, he puts that new IV bottle on. It looks like he's going to go to sleep. Uh, but he, his suspicion, he gets a little Peter tingle. Uh, you know, his spidey Peter sense. Tingle? His, 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 uh, <laughs> Peter tingle? Peter Parker tingle? Yeah, Peter tingle. His spidey sense his, is going on. His off. Peter is tingling. Yeah. That's what I um, went to. Uh, he, uh, he's suspicious. A, P- a Peter tingle. His uh, his cock sack is tingling. Sense. His uh, cock sack is tingling. <laughs> and he uh, he re-enters the room and he rips open the closet door to find Kolchek in there. And Kolchek uses his cross to keep Janos away. Um, and he attempts to make his way out of the house. While he's doing so, he trips on the stairs like an idiot and drops his cross and is set upon by the vampire. And he's almost bitten, Kyle. When his homeboy Bernie comes in and like fucking hits the vampire with his pistol or whatever, Uh, and the two of them pistol whips him. Yeah, the two of them start fighting Janos, um, and they're they're getting their asses handed to him basically. And uh, Kolchek though realizing that the sun has risen, like rips a board off of the window, which lets a bunch of sunlight in. Um, And this is a reality where sunlight does not kill the vampire, just weakens him, I guess. Um, yeah, I thought he was gonna explode or something because that's what I felt like for that. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is like he's just like hates the sun; it drains him of all his energy. So he's like falls down onto the stairs, incredibly weakened, uh, and then Kolchik just fucking hammers a stake into his chest yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like well that's i like when that happens very or like this bad can't. timing the police walk in right when he's just like <laughs> hammering a dude laying yeah. on the ground who looks so helpless <laughs> like, yeah just hammering a stake in his chest oof. not not good. not ideal nope um so you feel like you definitely know where things are probably gonna go where they're here. headed at this point yeah um Especially after this scene where he he finishes his story gleefully. I think this is great that it doesn't end with him just killing the vampire, though. Like, I think another movie might have just ended with, well, we killed the vampire, the end, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely different from Duel, where the threat is gone, it's over. This is... Mm -hmm. We're we're not in it for the vampire, we're in it for Kolchak. Yes. So... Let's finish his little story. Yeah. yeah. So he he finishes his story for the newspaper gleefully and proposes marriage to his girlfriend Gail, who I just realized I haven't said her name once. The whole Gail. Gail is her name. Um, and then he goes to head into worst the proposal office. ever. Like lamest proposal. Know, you know. He's. It doesn't feel very sincere. He's just like, why don't you quit your job and you could marry me? You know. And, and she's like, what? what? And like takes it like it's the best thing. Yeah. He's I ever think said. it's more of yeah. like a. Uh, I think it's like a just. I don't think it's an official proposal yet. It's just like a testing of the waters, you know. Like you and I could get married, type of vibe, sure. you know. Um, and so he he goes to the office and he hands in his story to his editor, 
who I like this scene. He, he his editor clearly has something else on his mind. You know, he takes mm-hmm. it and he's like, doesn't yeah. fight him at all on it. He's just like, yeah, it looks it looks good. And then he's like, what's up? And he's like, the DA wants to see you. And he's like, all right, fine. And then Kolchak's leaving and his editor's like, Kolchak, you're a damn fine reporter, one hell of a reporter or something like that. And you're just like, that's yeah. when you're like, oh, this guy's fucked. <laughs> like, you know, he's just yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It's nice that the, uh, that the editor is, you know. Yeah. He does believe that he's done good work, but yes. he knows that there's higher forces here that are out of his control. Um, yeah. Kolchak gets to the DA's office where he is basically ambushed by like the DA and the sheriff uh, who is waiting to charge him with murder, which is valid. Uh, (laughs) They rightfully point out that they walked in on him pounding a wooden stake into a dude's chest who hadn't been charged with. Yeah, a man had been charged with nothing. And Kolchak is not a police officer. He broke into someone's house and killed him. Uh, Yeah. I forgot about the whole part where, because yeah. I was thinking like, well, self defense doesn't yeah. really work because like it's a defensive gu- defenseless yeah. guy. You're hammering a stake in yes. their chest. It's not like you <laughs> a whole a extra gun. level that you're in his home uninvited. You're in his home. <laughs> now the fact that they did find a woman tied to a bed with a bunch of bite marks on her neck might give you some legal leeway right but yeah at first you feel like they are totally just boning him yes and, like um, throwing him under the bus but then go yeah, ahead they they cause... point what they basically say is they give him an ultimatum they're like leave town now and publish a fake version of the story that covers up the whole vampire aspect or we're going to prosecute you for murder um and mm-hmm. he it doesn't want to go along with it he tries to call gail and they're like she's not here we forced her out of town too like we don't want her unsavory element in town or whatever they say. I'm what like, the what? heck? I know that's fucked yeah. up, right? That's really fucked up. Poor Gail, she didn't do anything. Um, they bring in his bags, like yeah, they got it just... from his hotel room, and with no other options, Kolchek is forced to agree to leave town, and he does. And this is like the saddest part to me is he narrates as he's driving out of town how he put in a bunch of personal ads in the papers looking for Gail and he mm-hmm. doubts he'll ever find her. And I'm just like, that's what it was like before you had a cell phone. Like there's yeah, literally no way. Know. I was like, how would he ever find her? Like if he doesn't know her family then, and they both, you could just both leave town one day and never see each other again back then. Like it's awful. It sucks. There's like no- these, this police, the police like this, they're like reasonable the whole time, and then at the end they're just giant assholes. Yeah, like, this is what really I wrote are. down. Like, what the heck? <laughs> like, I get. Uh, okay, I don't get, but like, I get the notion that maybe the government found out that there was a real vampire, and yeah. they're like, "You're not. Nobody can know about this. We're yes. gonna test the subject. Blah blah blah. You can't. You have to suppress the story. But why do they have to chase out his girlfriend? Why?" I know. Why why do they have to chase him out of town when he's clearly saved them? And he even says that. He's like, I pull your fat out of the fire and this is what I get. Oh, he's so you good. Know? Uh, he's walking out the door and the yeah. the buddy his buddy's like, Hey man, like so I'm I'm so I'm sorry, this is what it's gotta be and, and Kolchak doesn't really even turn around. Mm-hmm. He's just like I'll uh, I'll I'll let you know where I end up or whatever. Yeah. Or he's like it's some sort of like quick like doesn't doesn't look back at him. He's like, I'm done with you. Like this, you've ruined my life. 
this is I I'm yeah it it's messed up. Uh, these guys are just jerks. They just I mean that's just all there is to it really. Um, I am realizing now though that. He says I'll probably never find Gale again, but it's like, aren't you a reporter who's like got all these connections? You'd think he'd be able to have yeah. you know use and his he skills. Has worked. He yeah. has worked in a lot of places because yes. he's been fired from a lot. Yes, that of is places. something they specifically talk about. I think he, the whole point of this movie is he's trying to like get back on top. He's like, I'm gonna he get this to get, story, and yeah. then I'll be back on top working in New York again. He wants to get back to the Big Apple. Hell yeah. Um, well, after this, after he leaves town, uh, it cuts back to him in his dingy hotel room from the beginning, where he sits and finishes listening to his dictation, where he explains that all the bodies were cremated, uh, no evidence remains, and that nothing he, and thus nothing he has said can ever be verified, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he gives kind of a little chuckle, looking at his papers that he wrote, which are now, like, have a bunch of writing on them. So I guess he was just writing down what he was listening mm -hmm. to. Uh, he tosses the papers down and he leaves and the end credits just start playing uh, after he yeah. leaves. Yeah. It's a cool little ending. I, I actually love the idea of like, I would listen to an audio tape of him telling the story. Like, you know, it, it's yeah. cool. Like it, it sounds is. cool. I would, I would, it's, yeah, it, the way it ends is just, it's still full of intrigue, you know? Yes. Like, and and because he, he ends it with like, let me ask you one question. You know, if this wasn't real, all of these people, all the victims and the guy who died were quickly cremated. Mm. You know, why would they do that if they weren't worried about these? If you die from the vampire bite, then you become a vampire. You, if you, if they cremate the bodies, if you destroy the bodies and it's not going to happen, why would they do that for all the victims? Like, and it's just that nice little intrigue, you know, yeah. that nice little conspiracy intrigue that hooks you. Kolchak's a conspiracy theorist. He's with the all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the end, though, of the movie, Kyle. We did it. That's, yeah, that's the Night Stalker. A fun-ass movie. Yeah. You got a Cassius Corner? <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah, like this one? <laughs> I wish no cash. I did not watch this one with cash. Yeah, that's fair. Unfortunately, that's fair. but you got a best performer, Kyle. Should we dive into that? Yeah, I do it. have a best performer. Let me hear um, there is one main guy who is the main performer for this movie, and it's Darren McGavin as mm -hmm. Carl Kolchak, and I think he is great. I, he's he outstanding in this movie. Like he's he is so good. <laughs> fantastic yes. i love his character i love his acting everything he is hands down best performer i have to shout out the rest of the cast because they i mean they're they're just seem like good actors they are just all solid like the editor like especially like i feel like it's easier oh, yeah. easy for an editor to feel like a caricature or something yes the editor i felt just felt super real like yeah. I felt like maybe they just found a regular editor or something and like like just said, Hey, just this is what you do. Like you felt very real to yeah, me. I agree and with so, you. And it, it, it actually ties into my final thoughts, which we'll get into, but like the writing on all of these characters, I think is pretty thin. They're all pretty much like tropes, you know, like the editor mm -hmm. isn't written to be especially different than that caricature that you're talking about, but all of these great, 70s middle-aged character actors are just like so professional that they manage to make you feel like they're real people with like layered performances even though they're not 
they're not given like anything really on the script level, but they flesh it out so much in their performances. That, like everybody is just great and captivating in this movie. One hundred percent. I'm yeah. with you, and I, I do have to agree. Like it's just clearly Darren McGavin gets the best performer in this movie. Yeah. Rules in it. It's, yeah. <laughs> my my only other thing is a is a special shout out best face to claude atkins who plays the sheriff he gets a <laughs> yeah, his own special award for the best face great ever face. Uh, what are you giving kyle huh oh um i was uh i was between giving him like a like a golden mallet statue Ooh, kind good. of thing um or uh like a tape recorder but i think i like the idea of the I, I, I like the idea of the tape recorder better because that's who his character is. You, you know, know what so I'm giving like him? His, I'm ahead. giving my winner a cold glass of beer that I get to drink nice. with him so he can just tell me stories the whole time. That's what I Perfect. want. <laughs> that's just my dream up. reality. Uh, yeah, and clearly, is it, do we know? So there's a sequel to this, which is the Night, night Strangler. Strangler, yes. and he's in it, yes. right? He's it's in the be, show, too. He recurs every version of it. Yeah, uh, it makes me like want to watch this i wrote that down i was like i want to watch the show after this like i bet the show's kind of awesome i feel like so yeah i wish that i wish they could bring it back but i'm assuming darren mcgavin is no longer with us um (laughs) just gonna take a wild leap i wonder when he died yeah um, check it out here 2006 oh yeah so 15 years ago but hey fucking you crushed it, Darren. So you earned your best performer. Kyle, should we get into final thoughts on this yeah. film? Do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I th- it'll probably work better if you go first. Okay. Um, well, my first thought is just, is just a, a, another banger this week, just like last week, but in a completely different way, but just tons of fun. Um, my only uh, real negative notes were just it felt maybe a little bit repetitive or a bit kind of bloated in certain segments, like when they like when they're apprehending the vampire in the pool or whatever. Just certain scenes that went on just a little too long or kind of repeating the beats, even though it is always captivating the whole time, and it, because it's filled with so many awesome just performances that you're always sort of engrossed by it. Um, great atmosphere throughout the movie. Uh, really like moody score and cinematography. I always love seeing like Las Vegas at night is probably like the best thing you can put on <laughs> screen because it's just black and then lights everywhere like yeah. surrounding it. You and know? it's and it's fun to watch now because it's old Las Vegas <laughs> yeah. and just it's cool. Oh, so good. Um, I love that though about movies in general. I feel like the last place I ever want to be in my life is inside of a casino. But when you see a casino in a movie, I'm like, ah, oh, God, it just looks great. <sighs> when you see, I one. love casinos though. I just feel like. Have you been to Vegas? Have you been to no, Vegas? No, I've never been to Vegas. Have you been? You've been in a casino? I've been in like casinos that are like near us. Or like I've Firekeepers been, or yeah, Firekeepers. I've been to and I've been to a casino in Florida near where Guardian Dude. Con was. There was like a casino that we went to. Or oh yeah, yeah, we did. Yes, and I'm just like I think I blew twenty dollars in about three seconds or something perfect. on a slot machine. The one time I've over. gambled in a casino, I've won like two hundred bucks with my time there. So that's nice. Yeah, but I'm just like it reminds me of like. It, even in an even more depressing way of like being inside of a mall with really fake lighting and it just starts giving me a headache to like <laughs> be inside this place where they're you, mean you don't like it to be in a cas- 
a casino where there's no clocks. Yes, no so clocks, you don't know what no time windows. <laughs> They're just the like lights are bright. They're pumping in oxygen. Yeah, smells like smoke. <laughs> that doesn't appeal to you. No, it, it literally appeals to me, though. I love being in, in a casino. Um, like I like the video poker machines because you can sit there, down there and play forever, and your odds are pretty much fifty percent, close to fifty percent on video poker. So mm-hmm. you can just play it for a long period of time, and it's fun. I I just I like I like going in casinos. I don't do it a whole. I don't do it like ever. I've never lost like more than. 20 bucks in a casino and sometimes I've made money and mm-hmm. whatever, but yeah, I love, it's fun going into different ones in Vegas, especially Vegas. Cause they're all like themed and it's cool. I would so. imagine it would be fun in Vegas, but yeah, I've, I've never been there myself. I would probably enjoy being in the Vegas ones cause it would just make me think about oceans 11 and I love the ocean oh, trilogy yeah. so much. Uh, <laughs> Let's just do a bro trip to Vegas. Oh, just you and me. I'd be so happy. That'd be great. Um, all right. Uh, I don't, this is not a negative against the movie, but it was at times difficult to take notes on this one because it's so jumpy and it's throwing so much information at me. That's like probably one of the hardest watches that I've had for this podcast just to keep up with it. Um, yeah. Like I said, a lot of the characters on paper are thin, but the performances are so good that they overshadow that. Um, I will say the only performance that did not work for me really was, as we said, Janos as the villain vampire. He's mm-hmm. kind of weak and we didn't really get into it. But at the end of the movie, you you mentioned how he's just doing like this, like hissing. Yeah, it's like the goofiest <laughs> face shots. His death scene is so goofy and silly looking yes. like it's. Just very silly. Mm-hmm. He just looks so silly at the end. The, he, the, the one thing he has going for him is his size. Like he is like, I feel like the dude's like seven foot tall. Like he's tall. <laughs> well, he's between he's, six foot two and six foot four, 175 pounds, thin, black hair. Yeah, which there's no way he's 175 pounds. Like I get, <laughs> I get profiling him maybe at 175 pounds because he's yeah. so thin. Mm-hmm. But like as a vampire, like they don't have blood, right? Yeah, that's fair. And five liter, he's probably got five liters of blood in him. So, like, how how much does one liter of blood weigh? Now this, this is, is what we this need is to an get important into. <laughs> a liter of blood. Good. The first response when I type in that, how yeah. much does one liter of blood weigh? The Google response is, upon Googling, I have found it is 1.05 kilograms per liter. Perfect. I think the first response should be, the police are looking for you. Why are you Googling this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> 1.05 kilograms is 2.3 pounds. Okay. So at most, he's like 10 to 15 pounds lighter than what he is if he's got no if he's got no blood. Well, look at that. All right. Um, but that doesn't... He's clearly got to be over 200 pounds yeah he's he's so. he's not small um well, but where was i um yeah obviously the i think the villain is weak because they want to keep him mysterious like not show us a lot of him but i think it would have worked better for me if we maybe saw him being in any way like charming at least when mm-hmm. he gets his one yeah. victim like if he had somehow lured her out even if we only got one scene of him getting to give like a real performance, you know, it would have done more for me than him just being like a goofy hissing monster or whatever. Um, overall, the whole movie is like nothing that's going to blow your mind or reinvent the way you view like a detective story or a vampire story. Right. 
but it's just mm-hmm. like a really solidly executed version of those things. It's just like tropes all thrown together, but done like perfectly well. So it's just very fun. It has a great charismatic lead. I want to watch the sequel and the TV series I wrote. I give it 3.75 out of five blood drained victims. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I wanted I I I wanted you to go first because I wanted you to say all of the positive things that mm-hmm. I could just echo because it's just a fun movie noir like mm-hmm. I really just liked the main the acting and the main character a lot. I I wanted more from I I thought I was gonna get two things. I thought that I was gonna get a little bit more. I thought I was going to question a little bit more whether or not this vampire was a true vampire or if he was a man acting like a vampire. They give that away very early. Yes. Very early. It's straight up a vampire. And I think it could have added quite a bit to have that be a question for a while. Mm -hmm. At least where it's like, you know, you question whether Kolchak is is truly on it or not. Or he figures it out. I I think it would probably work best if he figured it out maybe a little bit later and realized what he had to do mm-hmm. and maybe go beyond the law versus, I don't know. But I thought I was going to get that. I didn't. I thought that the vampire would at least have some, like, voice lines or something. Because, like, I, I, I thought that they mentioned he's, like, a millionaire or he's lived this long. I thought that he would have some sort of, like, talking or something yeah. he would do and he would address him. But really, they just... They, they just he just is basically a monster in this movie right he's yes. just a monster that dresses like a human and looks for blood anywhere and knows where to find it they don't ever talk with him so i, I was missing those two aspects but overall i really just i really liked this movie a lot i thought it was really fun um i was willing to just look past those two things for the most part because mm-hmm. i gave this movie a very high score and just as the vampire killed Four and drained most of the blood out of the fifth victim. I give this movie four and a half victims out of five. Boom. So I give it a, yeah, basically, you know, nine out of ten. I mean, it's a great, I can't disagree. I mean, I was waffling between giving it as high of a score as well. It was just those, those same complaints you had and it feeling maybe a tiny bit repetitive or bloated in some scenes or not having like, being able to feel the the TV movie of it in any of like the action, you know, is the only reason that like the action I could have been improved as well. But not trying yeah. to talk you out at all. Like I said, I I also didn't. I also was like, well, I just gave Duel such a high score. Am I going to sound like I'm just fucking giving everything huge <laughs> scores if I give this one? And also? I did enjoy. I will say, and I actually did enjoy watching. I gave Duel like a four out of five. I yes, think. I think so. I yeah. enjoy. I I enjoyed watching this one a little bit more than than Duel, mm-hmm. just because Duel the the repetitive nature of Duel got a little bit more to me, and I was just there's a in the middle is just kind of a little bit boring. Like, yeah, I can understand that. Happening, I, which but. is which, as we talked about with Duel, made sense because there was added stuff that didn't need to be there. Yeah. yeah, I think the only reason I really give Duel the edge myself is just because like. It's so clearly directed by like a dude who's like the director. Like the way he shoots it is like I'm like okay, because yeah. his is a. I think Duel is a harder thing to tackle on yes. paper, and he does yeah. such a good job with it that that edges it out for me. Mm-hmm. But both 
cannot recommend both movies we've covered enough really like both just great movies mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah we did it we t- we talked it we we, we did. did we stalked it now wait a second though did you check out the goofs on this movie oh no <laughs> thank god there's some goofs to talk about <laughs> Oh, there's two goofs. This one, uh, the first one here, when Kolchak and Jenks are talking at a table by the side of the pool, a blonde with an orange and black bathing suit walks by their table. A few seconds later, we see them speaking from a different camera angle, and the same blonde passes by, going in the same direction, and without enough time having elapsed to have walked around the entire pool already. Wow. Now, I... Who knows how fast this blonde is? You know, Could she, she have, have been sprinted. a vampire as well? Walking Maybe. at super speed. That is the scene where he, I did, they like meet for lunch and then mm. there's the blonde and she walks away and he's the Kolchak's friend's like, I kind of like I think it's like she's a hooker area. and he's going to go hook up with her or something. Is like the I guess that makes more sense than... It just seems so creepy to me. That Definitely. Because like, yeah. it seemed like maybe like he's going to go talk to her. Right. Yes. Maybe that's what I wanted just to happen. Some innocent but woman. the way it was said, it just looked like he was about to go, like, corner her. Yeah. You know, like it's yes. yeah, it's just uncomfortable to watch nowadays. Where maybe back then it would have been more of a charming. I'm thing sure he was going to go talk to her, but I'm sure it was the hooker least... thing makes more sense to me now. Yeah. So uh, that's why she's walking around the pool. She's just trying action. to yeah makes sense just advertisement. Um, the second goof is the first victim, Cheryl Ann Hughes, is described by Kolchak as 23 years old, but the actress playing her is clearly in her early 40s. <laughs> Fuck you, first of all. I, I, know, that. That's what I, uh, I didn't want to turn. I didn't think she was clearly in her early 40s. Yeah, screw you, dude. Like, <laughs> I didn't think she was clearly in her 40s. You can like, barely see her. It's like just a dark scene of a woman getting like jumped. Who screw cares? off. Ugh. That's uh, it. That's all I got from the IMDb goof section. Uh, um. Oh God. Uh, 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 other. I wanted to add in a little bit of trivia while we're talking goofs. Good. This movie Ooh. did so fucking well. It's no wonder they made like sequels to it. It got a fifty-four share on the Nielsen ratings, which means fifty-four percent of houses in America watched it when it aired. Like what? Of everyone watching TV, fifty-four percent of people watched this movie. What even comes close to that nowadays? Nothing does now. Like the Super Bowl would be like it that would even like have a chance of coming close. It was the highest rated made for TV movie ever when it came out. It was like the What's highest that rated score thing. called? It's Nielsen rating. Like it's, I don't know what you would call its share, but it got a 54 share is what the guy says. The director says in the interview that I watched and it was like Jeez. the previous highest one was the movie Brian song, which is another great movie. And he said that they just fucking obliterated it. Like it was crazy because nobody, he was like, I mean, I knew I made like a fun movie, but I didn't expect it to like perform so outstandingly, you know? But so when did it? Was it initially when it aired or like... Yeah, it's like it's first time airing. It's one time airing in 1972 or whatever when it aired. That's got to be marketing, right? I guess, yeah, just great ads for it. I mean, also, keep in mind, there's like four channels at this point, so it's probably not like that hard to get, you know, like most of the share, but it is the highest that there had been. And it's just crazy to me to imagine such a monoculture with media to the point that 50% 
of people have consumed this thing at 50% the same time. Of TVs at least. Yeah. yeah like, like, and it's not oof. like TV today where you can stream it later or DVR True. it. You know, it's literally just when it was on, everybody was watching it. Every like if if you lived on a block, you could probably look out the window and see like all of your neighbors watching the same thing that you were watching. Which yeah, is just at crazy least half to of think your about. neighbors. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's so wild to me. Um, and he did also talk in the interview. I thought it was funny about how back then I told you he had that line about how they just made them cheap and, you know, cheap and quick and they got them done. But yeah. he talks about also like how much easier it was to get something made. It was like you didn't need like a special idea. You just needed like an idea. You just go into a guy's office and be <laughs> like, I want to make like a vampire noir thing, you know, and they're like, all right, fine. Here, get it done. Whatever, whatever here's yeah, which here's I think your basic budget basically ties it. in yeah. with what i was said in my review i realized where it's like this isn't necessarily special it's just like well done you know like it's not like he yeah yeah he doesn't have like some amazing new take or whatever it's just a good, good it's old, just a combination like yeah. i i don't know many combinations where it's a detective show mm-hmm. where the person who's trying to figure out if it's a vampire is a detective and then it's just different like i've never seen the police be involved in this type of thing before because usually people are like they just dismiss the police like they're not going to believe us yes we're not going that route we gotta band together our yeah group ragtag group of friends and kill this monster basically yeah but in this movie it the police are very involved yes, and he's are. like mostly trying to convince them to do it which is just a di- that's that's the difference for me yeah that was unique compared it's, to other i'm things, not I mean, yeah i don't mean to say that it doesn't have like anything any unique elements or anything it's just like it's not like on paper the most amazing idea you've ever heard like a completely new concept that you're like oh my god you know it's like it's just ah it's like a detective story with a vampire all right yeah we're just gonna do that really well (laughs) okay cool sounds good yeah uh but yeah that that's uh there wasn't a whole lot else in that interview other than just him being like talking like us about how great Darren McGavin was. He was just like, <laughs> I knew it had to be him. He just nailed it immediately. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Man. And yeah. 12 years later, he was on, he was cast as the dad in Christmas story. And it, and he was great in that as well. Um, sure was. Yeah. Whew. Cool. Just hit my microphone. Whoops. I'll cut that out in editing. I'm very hot well, Scott, in my office. <laughs> do you want to play a game? Mm, yeah. I'd like to play a game. Good, because I've got a game for you to play. Woo! Perfect timing. I didn't Perfect expect timing. It. I didn't expect <laughs> it when I texted you, I don't want to make a game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, guess what? There is a genre of journalism that focuses on a specific section or particular issue, sector, organization, or institution over time. This is called the beat in journalism. Mm-hmm. Well... What I'd like to introduce to you is an area is an area of interest based on local murders that are that border on the paranormal. Welcome to this newspaper column, The Bite. Okay. I have before me five reportings of murders <laughs> that border on the paranormal, and your goal is to see if you know who the killer might be. <laughs> your hint is these killings have all taken place in Hollywood, where an abundance of actors live. Who have played vampires in movies, as well as other roles. And it's possible 
that some of these actors have gotten too much into their respective role, respected roles. I gotta stop letting Kyle make games, no matter how tired <laughs> I am. <laughs> so involved. Yeah. I think these are gonna be very... <laughs> I don't know why I go to this complicated <laughs> crap, but I had a lot of fun making this. Right, and I well, think I'm that excited. these are going to be, I think you're going to get five out of six points because there's five of these. Well, we'll um, see. Every time we think five it's of easy, these recordings, it's like, uh, I don't know. Once we're playing. No, this is very, this is tailored to you. All right. I just have, and, um, the last one is, is a two pointer. And I, I just can't believe that you'll get both of the points. Right, so, well, I'm so there's six points possible here. All right. Um, and uh, so here we go. Here's the first one. These are these are headlines in a newspaper. Okay. Maybe. So here we go. Old bloke, bloody bludgeoner at large. Old bloke, bloody bludgeoner at large. <laughs> Woman from Hawkins, Indiana, was seriously injured in the darkest hour of the night last night by a citizen with a cane. She reports that a very pale man with strangely white hair came out of nowhere, seemingly trying to bite her. When she evaded him, he smacked her in the head with his cane, sh- saying, Sweet dreams! It did knock her out, but fortunately, a group of bystanders came to her rescue and scared the man off. Do you know who this man <laughs> okay. is? I'm glad that I have literally no idea <laughs> right now. Oh, uh, I thought, okay. I'm trying to think. I'll read to you the first sentence. I'm assuming, because... okay, I just want to wanna talk out what I've heard so far before you. Okay, okay. You mentioned yeah. Hawkins, Indiana. Which immediately mm-hmm. makes me think Stranger Things. Am I supposed to be thinking of? These no, I stories? mentioned a woman. the The first sentence was one. There's a woman from Hawkins, Indiana. Okay, but she. Okay, so I see. So this is uh, Winona Ryder. In is this from Dracula? The 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 version, the Gary Oldman version of uh dracula so who was the killer the killer would be gary oldman right, ding, ding, ding. right. you got it yeah because the first Good. sentence is woman hog was That's seriously injured was, in the darkest was... hour of the night last night by a citizen with a cane and that that one that part was a little bit yeah a stretch because okay. gotcha. he was just in mank oh and okay. who is the writer for citizen of cane i thought maybe you would make that connection I right see. away i not at all where my brain went, but that's just Kyle's brain. There was brain. enough hints in that one. That was the first one I thought that that would be good. So okay. there we go. You got it. You got one point. Perfect. Boom. We got it. Gary Oldman. I hate that movie. That I've, you've probably. I'm assuming you've not. It's, seen oh, well, I have not seen it, but there's yeah. like an amazing cast. It's got like Anthony People, Hopkins in it, Winona Ryder, and yeah, Keanu and Gary Reeves. Oldman. People Keanu love. Reeves. Okay, yeah. so it's a Francis Ford Coppola movie. He was one of the best directors of all time, and it's one of his best reviewed movies. People love it, and the majority of the movie is great. But here's the thing. Keanu Reeves is in it doing the worst British accent you've ever heard in your life the whole movie and he just makes it unwatchable to me I can't take a second of it seriously when he's on screen and it's it's wonderful I have it on I have it on Laserdisc I'll come over to your house and you can watch it on Laserdisc good so the rest so so now you get the flavor of what's going on. There's yeah, a lot I guess of just so. I'm really, some, we're, there's some a lot of wordplay that I'm going to have to really think obtusely about, I guess, with these like Citizen think, Kane connections and stuff that you've got going on. But let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Here's a second one. Here's the headline. Irish kiss turns Frisk amiss. <laughs> Last night, a local Irish woman was attacked in her home by a man she met at a bar. She was out with some friends when she approached this man, drawn to him by his good looks. They immediately hit it off, and she invited him home. However, when things became heated... 
the man attacked. I thought he was going in for a hickey, but then he hit, he bit as hard as he could. After that, he looked and acted like a whole new person, and I was able to escape, the woman states. Her, his true identity remains a mystery. However, two clues were left at the scene, an Irish coin dating back to 1727, and a small bag of Halloween bone candy. Uh, I have so little idea of what the fuck you're going for. Uh, he also had an ID card with him, and his the ID just said Liam on it. Okay, well, this is my... I guess I don't get the bone candy thing, but is this David Boreanaz? Has he yeah. bones? Okay, but he's not he's even... He's in bones. He's in bones, but he plays Booth. That's my confusion. Okay. Oh, I don't know his name. Who's the woman that he killed? Just that she's Irish is all that matters? Because he's Irish, obviously. Uh, yeah, he's Irish. She's Irish. They hit okay, it off. So this is David yeah. Boreanaz who plays Angel. I maybe hit the Irish thing too hard. He, he's he's He was originally an Irish dude. He was so. Irish. His name is Liam and Buffy, we find out, which is the Irish equivalent of William, which is also Spike's name. So Spike and Angel have the same first name when they were oh. humans. Another cosmic connection between the two of them. My Crazy. brain, as soon yeah. as you said Irish, was thinking... David Boreanaz, but it just like kept going on. It's like I was like, I don't know what the fuck he's going for here. All right, uh, yeah, we got this. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I. I, I also it. tried to hit on the fact that when when he like makes love or experiences, yeah, I, I got love, that. He yeah, changes, yeah, yeah. So. He changes his person. Oh, Good. the best episode, and that's the switch in Buffy. That's the moment that it becomes great is when he changes. Yeah. that's the first episode that I tell people like if you're not hooked on that episode you won't get hooked by the show but when his David Boreanaz suddenly learns how to act in one episode and that switch gets flipped and he's such a piece of shit it really makes me think he must be a piece of shit in real life because he's like horrible in Buffy up to that point of being like a tortured good guy he's horrible acting. yeah it's like angsty yeah it's it, but i've heard actors say that it's easier to play the villain than right. it is a hero it's true so. but he like slips into it playing like a douchey guy basically so easily mm-hmm. that i'm like is this guy a douchebag in real life because yeah. he's so easily like yeah i thought you were a real pro in bed or whatever like yeah <laughs> like, like he said it before you said that before that was really good that was gross that was, that was a the director's like uh that was good but okay well the director was joss whedon so he was probably like nice high five yes, yes true <laughs> boom way to own that chick uh yes good all right number three this one may depend on oh, some specific this. knowledge it. but it's worry. fine I've got this, this one has like multiple hints this, you're okay. gonna I get this, I got, this no, I got no problem i already know it Local metalheads dead in a pool of red. Mm -hmm. Last night at a local heavy metal concert, two women were found dead in the bathroom. Each had two bite marks in their neck, were very pale, and had last been seen headed to the bathroom, heading to the bathroom with a very suspicious subject, both seeming very infatuated with him. The suspect has been charged with not one, but two counts of murder. If you know it from that sense from this so far then you get like five extra bonus points <laughs> i definitely don't know it, so. okay he is believed to be a member of this band and the name of the band is man of sorrow he will be taken to jail at the Capitol, where he will likely face a judgment of being beheaded as he is too dangerous to be kept alive 
it is Christopher Lee as, as yes. the killer. Which yes. I, he played Dracula. He did play Dracula, point, so. but I know you're specifically referencing Count Dooku in Star Wars Episode Three. Yep. When Palpatine, he's too dangerous to be kept alive. Do mm-hmm. it. Yes. The, Do it. So what is there the, is. So what was I? How was I supposed to get the two women? What was the clue there that he killed two people? This is, there's no way. That's why I was going to give you five bonus points if you're like, two counts of murder, he's played two counts. That makes sense. And he's played Count Dooku. And what's the metal band part? (laughs) So Christopher Lee was in a metal band. Okay, cool. the end of his, like, (laughs) life. Awesome. Like a symphonic metal band he started called, um, oh, uh, Charlemagne is the name of the band. And so that's fucking rad. If you had that random knowledge, (laughs) then it would have helped you. Um, and then his the band the band the the name of the band that I said was yeah. Man of Sorrow, which is Sorrow Man, Sorrow Man. So I love that you think these are like obvious clues. Like you think, oh yes, that, that's so, so clear. terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. Obviously, my game making skills are. Oh, no, it's great. I so, mean, <laughs> I love it. I bet it'd be I a lot easier on the page when I was looking at the words. I would maybe be able to like probably see yeah. those. Oh, count. Saruman. But so far, you've gotten every point. This is true. So far, you've gotten every point so far. We're nailing it. Here's number four. Yeah, you've already... What happens if I don't... Well, there's three out of six, so right now you're half. You have to get one more point. Yeah, what happens if I don't get it? Do I have to leave town in 12 hours? Yes, exactly. (laughs) If you get it, you can publish the whole story. Perfect. All right. Number four. Cracking open a cold one with the boys (laughs) gone wrong. Last weekend at a tailgate for the Minnesota Timberwolves, a man in a Wolves jersey was found dead. Eyewitnesses report the man accidentally cut his finger open on a broken bottle, and suddenly, a man in a black mask and cape descended upon him and ferociously attacked. It wasn't until he had a, a, a it wasn't until he had bit the victim's neck that he was able to be torn away by the other members of the tailgate, and he quickly fled. The police's only lead at this time is a strange love note that was found at the scene, which included disturbing sentences such as, your scent is like a drug to me, you're like my personal brand of heroin. Do you know the killer? That sounds so familiar to me, and I can't think (laughs) of what it is. Do you want me to review some of the facts here? Yeah, Yeah, sure. Can I review some facts? Let's review the facts. Well, there was a a man. The man that was attacked was in a a, a wolf's jersey. A wolf's jersey. Um, yes, he was. Uh, the man who attacked him was in a like a black mask and cape, like a whole set up there. Black and, mask uh, and cape. And uh, and uh, then there was this weird love note with it. Yeah, that he had in his pocket. Yeah. So. I uh, yeah, I don't think I know Kyle. Honestly. <sighs> This is obviously, very obviously, Robert Pattinson is Edward Cullen. Oh, that's uh, stupid. Because uh, he's playing Batman now. I was literally like, yeah. I was like, who's playing Batman that also was a vampire? I could not. I know you just watched Twilight. I know, I did just watch Twilight, so which is I, why that line was so fresh in my mind, I'm sure. like, Admittedly, I don't know what the real popular lines from Twilight are, because well, the only Twilight been... I've seen is Breaking Dawn part, or one of... 
the third movie, I think, at midnight release, and I gotcha. saw I was in the corner of the theater. I only saw like one eighth of the screen. That's the only Twilight I've seen. Hello. So I just looked where the up hell you been, Loka? Would have been that. That's a line that the werewolf guy says that Celia quotes all the time. Uh, that's that's yeah. I I, I, I should have gotten that one, I guess. But that's <laughs> all right. I was but trying to think of werewolves versus vampires, and my brain was going to like. Uh, true blood and i was like what the fuck oh yeah yeah i was like why would he <laughs> who knows the actor who plays the main vampire in true blood i don't know his fucking name uh terrible Good. well All here's right. your last chance you need one point <sighs> from this this is a oh, two-parter no. Oh, no. basically the i'll tell you the bonus if you know the 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 actor okay um for this one then you get the extra point okay good okay Bakery boy breaks skin instead of bread. A local bakery attendant went berserk on a customer over a disagreement on the amount of sesame seed buns that were being brought, bought. Okay. The customer reports that upon checking out, he noted there to be three buns in his bag. However, the attendant disagreed, say, saying there was one, two, three, four buns in the bag. The customer corrected the man, showing him that the fourth bag was in fact, or the fourth bun was in fact a muffin. At this correction, the man turned purple with rage, lunged across the counter, and bit the neck of the customer. Luckily, the customer has had has minimal damage, and the attendant has been taken into custody. Well, it's obviously the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. But I don't understand, Kyle, because there's no actor for that, because that's, the count plays himself on the show, as we all know. The Muppets, the puppets are real, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's why it didn't hurt as why the customer was able to get away with minimal damage because gotcha, yeah. it, okay. it wasn't Good. like because there's no way for me to so. all these other ones I had to guess an actor but there's no actor for that it's just the count he's the count it's clear yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. it's all it's all real I'm not gonna shatter that dream right, for good. you thank you Woo. if there was uh, two voice actors for this because this show has been on forever there would be Jerry Nelson and Matt Vogel mm, of course yeah uh, th- but, that would probably be the Sesame Street character I have the hardest time I don't I definitely would never have gotten that like I I know, um, oh God, well now I can't think of his name. I know the guy who voices Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch's name. Um, I'm not going to get it now. It doesn't matter. I knew his name. I know Frank Oz does like, did Grover and that uh, um, Jim Henson is Ernie or whatever. But yeah, sorry. Now I'm just thinking about Muppets and Sesame Street stuff. It's really bothering me that I can't think of Big Bird's actor's name. Editor's note. It's fucking Carol Spinney, you fucking idiot past me. End of editor's note. Because he died in like (laughs) 2016. And it bothers me that like nobody knows that this guy who nobody ever talks about the guy who played Big Bird for like 50 years died. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, me out a lot. Do you know how the Big Bird puppet works? No. It's literally like he's in the suit. He has to hold his hand above his head the whole time uh, to be the mouth, like the neck and the mouth. And then it's one arm he controls with a string that goes up to the beak and down to the other hand, like fishing line. So when he moves this hand up, the other one goes down. When he pulls this one down, that one goes up. And then it's like, to see what he's doing, he just has a monitor like taped to his chest that he's staring down at where he can see the cameras, what the cameras see. And he has to move around based on looking at a camera footage of him from like third person staring down awkwardly while doing like... What an absolute nightmare. I know, right? And so, like, the, so the actor who played 
oh, Big yeah. Bird oh, is yeah. also the voice actor. Oh, like they're the yeah. same people. Puppets all like, mup, like all Muppet actors. The person who does the puppet does the voice. That's like because that's way gotta. too many people to hire. Yeah, and it's just like a pride thing. Like the because the puppeteering gets started on like puppet shows. You know, like there weren't like television shows before. It was like I was. I stood behind a fucking wall and I did this with my hand and I have to be the voice because obviously I'm the one moving the mouth and they just capture it all live when they do like Mupp- like Sesame Street yeah. and Muppet stuff. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I always think it's funny. Like Snuffleupagus, the gigantic like woolly mammoth dude, mm-hmm. his audio always sounds like shit and you can tell because he's got like a crappy mic inside of that like giant <laughs> Snuffleupagus thing. Like it's just a really low quality mic. He always sounds worse than the other Muppets. <laughs> Good. This is our Muppet well, corner. We're going to just talk Muppets. You know how Snuffleupagus's mouth works? It's a giant wheel with a bike handle on it that he just spins and it makes the thing just move around like this. <laughs> it just moves in circles a little bit. That's how he talks. That's awesome. Yeah. The the Big Bird thing reminds me of there's like this this girl on TikTok where she has like emus or, or ostriches. Mm-hmm. I can't tell what what they are, but but they like run at her and like attack her and you learn and like one of the things you do if you're if you're ever attacked by an ostrich what you do is you you throw your hand up like mm. as high as you can and like put it in their face yeah. because then or it's you put like your hands challenge. up playing my <laughs> yep. song and then the butterflies fly away then the, the emu flies away <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly uh, all right so. well i'm glad that Good. i don't have to leave town kyle yeah, say. you got you got four out of six points. You don't have to leave town. In fact, you can publish your your uh, your report on the vampires. And actually, your goal is to leave town, though. That's like true. his goal is to yeah, leave. But I don't have to leave Vegas. in disgrace. I get to go to New York. Yeah, you get All a right. new job. Wow, you paid with your, your girlfriend. First, you pay marry. for my trip to Hawaii. Now you're uh, giving me a new job in New York. I'm really making out <laughs> from this podcast. Yeah, you're yeah, you're doing pretty well. I, I I'm not paying for you to go to New York. Yeah, well, that's fair. But you set I'm me just up with the job, letting there. you public. <laughs> I, no, I that's secondary. You okay. know, you're you have to this article. It's on you to make this article be. I gotta pull myself which. up from my bootstraps. I get it. Okay, that's exactly. Fair. Well, yeah, we did it. So, good job. We're all we're all done with this game, right? We can wrap this show up. Yeah, let's wrap all it right, up. Thank let's, God. Next week, Kyle, we're talking about uh, we're going to be watching. We have a guest with us. Your brother-in-law, uh, <gasps> Tyler Adelsberger, is going to join us. He is Woo. probably much more of a horror aficionado than either of us. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. He's the expert. Yes, he is. We're bringing in the expert. Bringing in the big guns because we're talking trilogy of terror, which is a uh, because watch three movies. Yeah, I know it's in the in the tradition of a Bell's magical world or a Hercules zero to hero. Why are you starting with? I know. (laughs) Why are you starting with something like that? Why would you choose something like this? It just feels wrong for us to do a mini series where one of the things (laughs) isn't three separate stories. Um, because first, I think it, I've only seen one of these. It's one of them is well known, the uh, one of the shorts, and on its basis alone, the movie gets highly ranked. And I would like to see the other two and talk about the other two little things. And it is like this movie available on YouTube to watch, um, cool. in decent quality this time, not 240p. Um, but it should be. I watched this one, this, this one in 1080, this last yeah. one. Oh, yeah, I did watch it in 1080. Yes, so that's good. Which is great, yes, but but I don't think there is a shitty 
one to trick you into watching a 240p ah, one on good. this movie. Um, yeah, I thought it would be a fun one to do like a trilogy to get just different genres of horror since we've only got like four, you know, four movies for this little mini series, which I think is kind of BS because you're going to cover. Once we get to December, you're going to cover Christmas once. You get five episodes in December with how the, I do? Yeah, how I the Thursdays five? line up. You get five. Ooh. So I had to work a trilogy oh. in so we could cover more stories. Um, it is just like, yeah, an anthology film of three different horror five. stories. Uh, um, cool. And it should be a good time. Uh, looking forward to having Tyler on uh, to talk about that next week. But Kyle, now we are, we're, we're, we're done. So let's turn off the TV and pop out the tape that we were clearly using to record the movie. Yes, yes. for future watching. Yeah, for future watching. Uh, if you're listening and like what you hear, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Please also remember to go follow us on social media at made for tv Podcast. Thank you to Chris Ratzbub for our theme song. Thank you to Maggie for our artwork. Until next time, I'm Scott. I'm Kyle. I had a callback and I can't remember what it is. Bye. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha.